This episode of Talking with T-Bird on Rob is a Podcast, catching up with Lex Vandenberg, is sponsored by American Idol. Get ready, because the new season of American Idol premieres on Valentine's Day, and you're going to love every minute of it. Katy Perry, Luke Bryan, and Lionel Richie are back together again in person, along with Ryan Seacrest and Bobby Bones, which means the singers will also be back on the Idol stage. And that's such good news, because I know we've all missed those big production numbers in live shows. Plus, I hear they have some huge surprises this season. The judges are already saying that the talent level is off the charts, so you know there's going to be more superstars in the making can't wait to see who America discovers next. My favorite part of American Idol, though, is hearing the contestants' stories. They're so inspiring, and it's always exciting to watch somebody's dreams come true right before your eyes. It's the kind of feel-good show we all need right now, right? So grab the ones you love and make a date to hear those magic words. You're going to Hollywood. American Idol premieres Sunday, February 14th at 8, 7 central on ABC. See you there. You stay here and listen Your life will never be the same Cause we're talking with T-Bird now And this T-Bird you cannot change That's right. Talking with T-Bird is back once again. And uh, we've got such a good one for you here today because we've talked to so many people from Africa. But this is uh, one of the most highly anticipated ones that we've had because we're going to catch up with Lex Vandenberg, of course, a great friend of uh, my co-host here on Talking with T-Bird. She's the woman who's out there hunting down the survivors uh, with her binoculars, trying to find them all. Here is the great <laughs> Teresa T-Bird Cooper. Hey, Rob, and guess what? I didn't have to look too hard for this one. No. I'm such good friends with Lex, so I'm hoping we can dive kind of deep into things with Lex since I do know him so well. Hopefully, he'll let us do that today. Yep. I'm thinking today, I'm thinking today, Rob, could actually be a two-part podcast with Lex, but we'll see. A I mean, two-parter? So, well, what I, mean, what I mean is we could do a two-part because there's so much to talk to him about. So, I mm-hmm. think the listeners are going to enjoy it. T-Bird, does anybody ever call you Coop? Not, not so much. I call my son Coop. A lot of people call my son Coop. Yeah. Okay. But I like it. It's cute. It's okay. cute. Coop, I'll go with Coop. It's fun. Mm-hmm. A lot of people call me T, and, and I like that also. Yes. Uh, T-Bird, our last podcast with Gandia. Uh, I've called <gasps> it one of the best Robin's podcast episodes of all time. Really? Yeah. No, wait, whoa, whoa. You're saying it's one of the best RHAP podcasts? Talking with T-Bird podcast? No, I, I think it might be the best Talking with T-Bird, and I think it's uh, maybe uh, it's an all-time Rob is a podcast episode. What? Hold up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Rob, that's a, that's a lot. That's saying a lot. It was great. It was great. Uh, Gandhi was, was on fire. Gandhi was on fire. Yeah. She, she was. And actually, I actually called her. Listen to this. So, I always, I go back and listen like a like a fan mm-hmm. or just somebody you know an RHAP listener because when I'm doing it it's not all put together 
It's, I mean, I'm jumping yeah. around, I'm jumping around. So I go back and I'll go out and, and, and if I'm running or, or hiking or whatever to listen to it. And I found myself driving in the car, listening, and I stopped it about an hour into it. And I said, I got to stop this. I was laughing so hard. I called Gandhi. I'm like, Gandhi, this is some good stuff. I mean, I thought it was funny, but I'm laughing and I already know what's being said because I remember it and I'm still laughing mm-hmm. like it's the first time I heard it. So oh, she was I'm so, so glad good. They she was such a natural. Um, uh, and, and, yeah, Rob, somebody actually, I think I got a tweet from somebody that said, y'all are going to have a hard time topping this one. I'm like, oh, shoot. Well, we're certainly going to try. Yeah, we're going to try, and we're going to have Lex here uh, in just a couple of moments. Uh, we have a big announcement also about some um, people have been asking this for a long time. When will you get some Talking with T-Bird merch in yeah. the Rob Has a Podcast shop? Well, I can tell you, finally, we have our, our very own Tricky has designed a brand new Talking with T-Bird t-shirt. Talking with oh. t-shirt. <laughs> Rob, so tricky. I got it just out of the blue. Tricky, who's our graphic designer in house yes. at Rob's podcast. Patrick, aka Tricky. I got an Instagram private message from him, and I didn't know Tricky. I mean, I had, actually we had messaged a time or two before he actually was on your staff about yeah. a couple of things. But anyway, I opened it up, and there was his graphic drawing or whatever you call it, his drawing. And I was just thinking, that is so fun. It was, mm-hmm. he's so, so talented. So I'm really excited about it. Good news, bad news. Good news is, I know what I'm getting the kids for mm-hmm. Christmas. Bad news is, guess what the kids are getting for Christmas? Mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> Christmas. You're going <laughs> to keep right. it on ice for 10 months? No. Well, Bert, well, you know how you, you know how your your grandmother will give you something and say this is mm-hmm. your birthday present, you yeah, know, months ahead of time or your Christmas present. I might have to pull that. Okay, <laughs> go to robiswebsite.com/slash/tbirdshirt if you want to check out the uh, brand new design. Before we get to talking with Lex, let me take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at Butcher Box. Butcher Box, great sponsor of Robin's podcast. Uh, they've got a, a great offer right now for new members. Two New York strip steaks and a pack of bacon free in your first box when you go to butcherbox.com slash R-H-A-P. T-Bird, what does ButcherBox do? ButcherBox is uh, bringing you high-quality meats. Not everybody has access to high-quality meat. Uh, It can be hard to find 100% grass-fed, finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage-breed pork, good stuff like wild-caught salmon Salmon. at the grocery store. Also, not easy to get to the grocery store uh, right now. That's where ButcherBox comes in. Our sponsor today, ButcherBox, they believe everybody deserves access to that high-quality, humanely sourced meat. And ButcherBox couldn't be easier. You sign up, select your box, and they ship it right to your door every month. And now they're giving our listeners two New York strip steaks and a pack of bacon for free. Who doesn't love steak night, for especially free steak night, T-Bird? I know, absolutely. I'm excited about that wild-caught salmon, but yeah. Free steak night, Friday night steak night, absolutely. It's a shame we don't have it for Super Bowl. Yeah, I guess steak is not a Super Bowl meal, is it? You could do it. You could do. It. Nobody's going to turn it down if you grilled right, up a steak right. at the Super Bowl every month. Butcher <laughs> Box ships a curated selection of high quality meat right to your home. 
no added antibiotics or hormones ever. And each box has nine to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals, packed fresh, shipped, frozen, and vacuum sealed. So it stays that way. You can customize your box or go with one of theirs. Either way, it's exactly what you want. It's such a no-brainer. It's the best meat shipped right to your door, which means less trip to the grocery stores, plus options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, sugar, nitrate-free bacon. It's meat the way it should be in ButcherBox. It's the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. With ButcherBox, you get the highest quality meat for around $6 a meal, and they even have free shipping nationwide, except to Alaska and Hawaii. And for a limited time, ButcherBox is offering our new members two New York strip steaks and one pack of bacon for free in your first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slash RHAP. That's butcherbox.com slash RHAP to get two New York strip steaks and a pack of bacon for free in your first box. All right, T-Bird, let's go ahead and open the box that contains our guest today. That is Lex Vandenberg. T-Bird, take it away. Here we go. It was during orientation that Lex and I got paired up to build fire under the watchful eye of the Maasai. Together, we were successful. I believe we were the only ones. I have never forgotten that. It was one of my many connections that would form a bond forever. I also noticed that Lex had his boys tattooed on the front of his body, painting a picture that we were both family men. Long, long ago, I was instructed by my father to never judge a book by its cover. Lex and I may appear differently, but at the core, we're the same. Driven, women and children first, sword and shield ready. Then the game began. We were divided. Today's guest has described himself as competitive, pathologically alpha, and a control freak and loyal to a fault. His friends have described him as a role model, big brother, intelligent, best friend, funky, cool, incredibly insightful, hardworking, smart, funny, tender, driven, kind, genius, a mentor, a hunter, to name only a few. I would also add extremely passionate. This marketing manager born in Palo Alto, California, has a Bachelor of Arts in English, is fluent in French, and has a love and talent for music. He's a punk drummer in several rock and roll bands, and many tattoos seem to fit the punk rock stereotype. Let me warn you, don't judge a book by its cover. He is a family man first and foremost. He worships his wife of 29 years, Kelly, and they share the old-fashioned, unbreakable love affair that many only dream about. He lives for his two sons, Corbin and River, and treats his four-legged animals, Hank, Honey Pie, and Eddie, like they are grandkids. We were first introduced to our guest on Season 3 Africa at the age of 38. He would seal his final three alliance on day one with Big Tom, then close the alliance on day two after giving Ethan an ultimatum that lasted until sundown that Ethan reluctantly accepted. So, what could possibly go wrong? Well, our guest would end up with early kidney failure in the first two weeks, be part of a first-ever tribe swap, separating him from one of his alliance members, get a mystery vote against him, which would send him on a wild, crazy witch hunt. From that point, he would have to fight to stay in the game, which he easily did, I might add, by pulling off three immunity wins and throwing in a couple of reward wins to show he meant business. He couldn't be stopped. So, what could possibly go wrong? Well, the Falling Comrades Challenge happened with a huge production error. 
sending one of his two alliance members to the jury, crumbling his final three alliance. Then on day 38, the final all-important immunity challenge after three hours and 21 minutes due to drinking contaminated water the day before, his gut would finally turn on him. Dehydrated, he stepped down, giving up his dream of being the sole survivor. But a fan favorite for many reasons, no surprise we would see him on All-Stars Season 8 at age 40. He knew the game, knew his competition, quote, it's business this time. If I need to exploit a friend who trusts me, I will. It's all business, end quote. He played much the same as he did in Africa, not afraid to get blood on his hands. He said, quote, if my game is to be at the mercy of anyone's decision, I wanted it to be 100% me, end quote. And this is where he would stray from his business model. His game-ending plunder was letting Kathy convince him to cut Jerry loose, save Amber for Boston Rob with the hopes of exploiting the favor to their advantage later. It backfired, and Lex was voted out on day 27, and we'd be the first member of the jury. Our guest has touched many of our lives. Known as Survivor's Mayor, I introduce to you the guy who always relies on his gut, my wonderful, amazing friend, Lex Vandenberg. Uh, well, I don't even know what to say. First off, well, T-Bird, you know, I, I love you. I adore you. Rob, I love you as well. It's just, um, I'm super stoked to be here. But I'll tell you what, you make me sound so much more interesting when you talk about <laughs> T-Bird than I possibly ever could be. So I'm going to hire you right now. You're going to do the eulogy at my funeral. Because oh. you're going to make me sound badass. Okay, Everyone's so, sitting there crying. So, Rob, I have to tell you, I've yes. been so excited this whole time I kicked, you know, texting and aggra basically aggravating Lex to death. And today I said something about being so excited. And he texts <laughs> me back. He texts me back and he said, I might be dreadfully boring. And I thought to myself, yeah, Lex, you scream dreadfully boring. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sure. Well, I mean, well, I'm just trying to think of what else I can say that hasn't been said before. Mm -hmm. But but I know if anybody can pull it out of me, it's going to it's going to be. You, Rob, and you, T-Bird. So oh, this is going to yeah. be fun. I'm looking. For, I, I'm really looking forward to this because I don't think, Rob, yeah. I, when's the last time you and I talked on one of these? I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a minute. And look, uh, that you know, probably a lot of the Survivor stuff has already uh, been said in one way or another. But I feel like that the fun thing about doing these interviews with T-Bird is that she's going to take this in directions that I don't even know. That I'm just <laughs> like, uh, you know, a, a passenger in the car sometimes. And then we're going we're gonna to see where T-Bird wants to go. Well, sometimes that car starts to careen dangerously, <laughs> like into the median and stuff. I'm thinking back on Katie Gallagher's. <laughs> yep. mean, that conversation went to some pretty dodgy places i'll tell you what i mean there was there was a story that happened in a in a in a car that was a passenger yep, i think yep, yep, and, yep, oh yep. yeah, I, I, yeah. We're not hopefully even we're not in that, that car yeah no i i plan on you you ain't gonna dig that kind of stuff out of me i'm i locked that into yeah well you don't know who she box. talked to i threw away the key <laughs> oh my gosh so rob i guess this is this is the time to say this yes i was got something else but i was gonna say um Today, uh, contributions to today's podcast is brought to you by the following. Kathy Vabrick O'Brien, Robert the General DeCanio, Katie Gallagher, Jerry Manthe, Big Tom, Ethan Zahn, 
Frank Garrison, Adam, you know, Adam Albrecht, Mario Lanza, Lindsay Richter, Sandra, and the Queen Stays Queen, and Boston Rob. Wow. <laughs> wow this is like, what, Lex, what this is your life. Of, yeah. Yes. This is, talk about a cast of just greats there. That Wow. Lex. I have to tell you this. I reached out to, I, I, I reached out to people and before I knew it, I had literally pages. I've got pages here <laughs> that people, and, and I got to a point where I said, just a, just a short paragraph, just, just a word, or, you know, they all gave me adjectives for you, which is where in the intro, all those adjectives. And I left some out because it was getting so long with the adjectives. I have so many pages and I will share them with you. If we don't go over all of them, because we won't in this podcast, but you are loved and respected by so many. Um, wow. It's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Well, and, it's, and, it's all very mutual, too. I, I, I count myself as one of the luckiest people in the world. And I mean, you know, not to get too, you know, cheesy or anything, but frankly, it's like I can't I can't even imagine um, comparing, you know, the, the possibility of having one a million dollars versus just the friendships that were made. and. You know, some of these friendships, a lot of them, and there's a lot of people that I that I'm really close to. We're talking 20 year friendships. Um, that stuff you cannot. It's just so cliched, but you can't put a price on it. And and if I had to put a price on it, it'd be a hell of a lot more than one or two million dollars. And you know, so I, I'm so blessed and so lucky. Um, so many people I love and that have made my life such a you know richer and better experience than it would have been had I not you know done you know, done survivor those few times. Mm -hmm. And so I'll say this about, I'll just go to this and then we'll start getting right to, right to Lex. So Lex, you know how I feel about you and Rob, you know how I feel about you. And as I was putting this together, I started thinking about the similarities that you both, you know, what you have in common. Ooh, Do y'all know on. that you, you, you two have a lot <laughs> in common. Uh, all right. If, if you want to mention it, if not, I'll go ahead. I got a list here. So here we go. Neither one of you likes surprises. No surprises. Because I read Rob, I reached out to Lex to ask him about something yeah. and then he dissected it forever. And I thought, okay, <laughs> okay. He doesn't like surprises either. You're both married to wonderful, independent, beautiful women. Mm -hmm. You're married to ding. Nicole. Ding. Oh. That there wasn't a very that wasn't a very big ding. Hold on. My foot slipped. Mm -hmm. All right. Lex is married to Kelly. You're with Nicole. Married to Nicole. You both have two awesome boys. Yes. Okay. Dominic, seven. Anthony, five. Lex has Corbin, 28, and River, 27. And basically, your, bo your boys are both one to two years apart in difference. Mm -hmm. Right? Right, Lexi? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And okay. Do, do, you know who, do you know who else shares all of those same kinds of qualities? I mean, right down to like the wife, the, bo the two boys, everything else? Matt Bischoff. Oh, wow. Oh. Matt Bischoff's got, and he's, you know, like me, like tattooed weirdo. He's got, mm -hmm. you know, he's got his, his hot, wonderful wife. He's got two boys that are, I think, roughly the same age difference as your boys and my boys. Yeah. And when he played Survivor, his boys were about the same age as my boys were when I played Survivor. Mm -hmm. It's weird. So there's like, so yeah. now we form this, like, the three of us are, we can make quite a gang. Mm -hmm. yeah. Us, our ladies, and our boys. Yeah. Well, they've got a whole like Lego room and all that. Uh, they they feel like they have a lot more fun stuff at their house. Oh, that's well. I've <laughs> lost I've lost myself for hours in that Lego room. It's also got 
It's got video games. Mm-hmm. It's got like one of those carnival basketball games. <laughs> it's got Nerf, every Nerf weapon yeah. in, in an arsenal. It's, it's ridiculous. I go into that room. I immediately turn like 10 years old again. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. I interrupted you, T-Bird. No, you were, I, you, you were, well, you were no, getting I'm, profound. Well, okay. All right. You both, you both played two times. Lex and Africa All-Stars, Rob, mm-hmm. Amazon, yeah. and All-Stars. You're both very, very sensitive to others. You both are. And you both have Boston Rob in common that both took you out of All-Stars. <laughs> wow, T-Bird. That, <laughs> we were, we were on such a nice roll. I know it. Oh, well, God, I know. It, it's, oh, it smelled like roses until it smelled like shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. So anyway, Lex, thank you so much for being with us today. And the good thing, too, Mario Alonza is going to be very happy because he's going to be able to write his next book all about you with all the notes I've prepared here. And I've already got it's going to be love letters to a survivor because Mario basically sent me a book of notes about you that he had actually written. So we've got that ready wow. for him to, to get his next book going. But Your biographer. Yes. Well, Mario- and Mar- Mario's been at it since the get-go. I remember. Yes. I remember getting you know back when you know when when we when the three of us did it originally. There was no there was no social media. There was no you know there was no way for fans to get in touch with us except through snail mail. Mm-hmm. And and I remember at the time I had a PO box that I'd have to, I, every day. I went to that PO box and I'd pull like reams of just like envelopes and paper out of there. And Mario. That's the way he initially and originally got in touch with me was by writing a letter to my PO box. And since then we've, you know, kind of been in touch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's been at it since the get go. He's old school. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, if, if you really want to know how he really feels about you, y'all get his book, um, when it was worth playing for by Mario Lanza. But, but behind the scenes, he'll, he says, Lex, which is, this is, this is says all about you. He says, I can't reiterate how rare it is. He has said he has never heard anyone say anything in real life against Lex and that he really counts you as a friend. And that's, that's strong stuff. He that's said, amazing and shocking. It, Cause I'm sure there's plenty of people. Yeah, <laughs> people Lex. have been kind. Holy mackerel. I, I owe some people some money. Well, he was just saying as a struggling young writer, I mean, before everything hit, you took the time to recognize him and to talk to him, just like you did with Katie Gallagher. I mean, you, you were always kind to the fans from the very beginning. And it's so funny because I read something that you said that um, how all, I think you said, quote, all have all the survivors have quotes, all have some level of ego, end quote. Well, I don't really put you in that category, but I guess maybe maybe right, which is why that everybody took the time to reach out to me about you. All these quote, maybe survivors that have maybe small egos. They did. So it's really cool. All right, Lex, why in the world did you apply for Survivor Africa in the first place? And was it your first time applying? Um, I actually, I applied. The first time I applied was for Australia. Um, and I got, I guess I got as far as you might call it the semifinals. I didn't get to the double tree, but I went and did the, you know, the first kind of in-person audition. I think back then you'd have to go to one of 10 CBS locations. Um, but why did I apply? I, it wasn't even my idea. It was my, my wife and my mom's idea that I applied to be on Survivor. They just, they'd, uh, they'd been watching, they'd started watching season one and they said, you got to watch this. This is like, this is all about you. This is, this has got you written all over it. And, and I, I mean, to me, I, I didn't understand exactly what they, what they meant by that. 
Um, you know, it's people are often a lot more aware of who you are than you are self-aware, I guess. Um, for me, I just thought, yeah, this is totally my bag because I love, I've always, since I've been a kid, I've always had just dreamt of being stranded on a, on an island somewhere and fending for myself. That aspect of it, I loved. And just that, that ability to test myself. But I think my mom and my wife knew that, um, you know, I've always been pathologically competitive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, it's, you know, ever since I was a kid, a game of Monopoly or backgammon is like a blood sport. Um, so they saw that, that that would kind of scratch that itch. But they also, I think they thought, you know, this is like, he's, he's a guy that, you know, he likes people. He gets along with people. He's got the relationship skills. They, I think they were thinking a lot more about it. I was just thinking, shit, I'd love to go to some crazy, wild, exotic location and, and, uh, and, and you know, just test myself out, out in the middle of nowhere. And, and so I applied and, um, you know, got, got as far as the semifinals for Australia, but it just wasn't a good fit. And, and then I, I applied again for Africa, but only I wasn't going to apply for Africa. I was just going to, I was going to leave it. And I had, I'd gotten laid off from a job at that point. Um, and I'd been unemployed for about, I want to say like four or five months. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was grim times because I had just, uh, I had a mortgage. I just got a house, our first house. I had two little kids. My wife was stay at home mom and it was pretty desperate. And, and I was looking for work, but it was during the whole dot bomb and you know, the year 2000. Um, and jobs were impossible to get if you were in tech. And so, um, I ended up, my wife Kelly just said, you know, just send in, send in a bloody application for, for this next season. Um, just to get your mind off of all the other stuff, just to have something else to think about. And so I made a tape and I actually sent it in the night before, uh, the deadline was and I, I had to FedEx it. And, and I got a call the next morning from, um, my casting girl, uh, bless her heart. She's, she's still to this day a really, really good friend of mine, you know, outside of the whole experience. But she called and said, yeah, I was waiting, I was waiting for your, for your tape. And I thought you weren't going to send it. Thank God it came in today. Um, she remembered and, uh, you from the uh, Australia or it was just such a good tape that she was waiting for this to no, come in. I, I don't no, it was I don't think it was the tape. I mean the tape was pretty ordinary. Yeah. Um but no uh I was about to say her name. I don't know if she wants me to say her name. Um but no she she absolutely remembered me from Australia. She yeah. had pushed hard to get me on Australia and she and she and I even at that point we had, you know, we'd gotten we developed a little friendship, you know. She just we hit it off and she, told, she believed, she really, really believed that I should be on the show. Um, she believed in me. And, um, and as she explained it, she said that I, I just wasn't a good fit with the cast, um, that, that CBS and SEG wanted for Australia. They really wanted, and if you look at the cast, the cast is very kind of, it's like, uh, it's America, right? It's mm-hmm. just, it, and it, it feels kind of like, you know, gee whiz, everyone's kind of pretty clean cut and, I guess I was, as, as my casting girl said, she said, I was just way too out there. I didn't fit. Mm-hmm. They, they wanted to keep things, you know, look at, I mean, the Colby's and the, it was just, mm-hmm. it was just kind of a nice slice of apple pie. And I'm not, I don't really tick that box, but um, to her credit, you know, my, my casting girl, we don't have to go deep into this because I think I have in the past with other people, but um, I wasn't, I was not supposed to be in on Africa. Um, at all. In fact, I, I got my, I spent those two weeks at, at the double tree for the, for the final casting. And, and I got my walking papers. Uh, they were sending me home and, and it was because, um, folks like, uh, 
Burnett and Probst, and most importantly, Lynn Spillman, just they did not, they didn't think I was right for Survivor at all. They didn't think I was right for reality TV. And, um, and my casting girl, she, she, she went, she went to the, you know, she went to the ropes for me and yeah. she, she said, look, I've never asked you guys for any favors. Um, but I want, I just want one favor. I just want you guys to let the only thing that Lex hasn't been able to do is go to the boardroom at CBS and meet with Moonves and all the execs. Um, I just, if you just, just do me this one favor, let him do that. Um, if you let, if, if I'll never ask for another favor, but I just, I, I feel it's, it would just, wouldn't be fair. And so they, they actually took back my plane tickets. They'd given me to go fly back to back home from LA. Um, they said, yeah, you're going to be here one more day. You got this one thing you're doing tomorrow. And so she, she was the reason she was the entire reason. And Lynn Spillman didn't, she did not want me on the show. Why? And, and it's funny after, well, um, I, I didn't really understand it completely until it was sort of explained to me. And, and to her credit, Lynn at the Africa finale, um, she came to me and she says, I, I hate, I hate doing this, but I'm going to admit I was totally wrong mm-hmm. about you. But I think that the, the problem was that, um, they found me, I was too, I think they, they found me too complicated. You know, you know, yeah. we only get all of all 16 of us. You only get so much time each episode. And, um, and so they like, you know, and they're thinking about like characters ahead of time when they're casting and they cast me because, well, I mean, look at me back then. Nobody had, nobody had been on TV before that was heavily, heavily tattooed. And except if they were playing a part of like a gang banger or, you know, a biker or something. Right. And so, you know, what, it's they like, what wanted, is he? Is he a, is he a dad? Is he a tattoo guy? Well, that's, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. They would have, they, I think they would have been happiest or it would have been easiest for them to cast me if I was just some, kind of, you know, lippy, not super smart, but border borderline kind of crazy, violent, um, just Mm -hmm. punk. Um, but then as Lynn explained it later, she says, you know, you were just, there's too, there, there are too many layers to, to the onion. And we were worried that the audience wouldn't get, wouldn't get it. Yeah. That, um, they would just see you. They'd want to just, they want you just to be this kind of like, you know, hardcore punk, tattooed dude but then all of a sudden you're articulate and you know you're you're intelligent you you know you you went to college you love your wife you don't beat your wife you love your wife you love your kids mm-hmm. they're like this is like this you know it's so much easier to work with kind of characters that are that stereotypically fit into a box yeah and i've never fit into any box of any kind i don't, I don't like boxes um i like to be i like to be that outlier just that keeps people on their toes. And frankly, that's in my tape. And when I actually went to the boardroom and talked to Moonves and the, I told them what my, my secret weapon was going to be the fact that no one would, no one would see me coming. They wouldn't, they would make so many assumptions and so many people would read the book, you know, would judge the book by its cover. And then there'd be this surprise. And then there'd be another surprise later on that they never saw coming. And people love, people Lex. love to be surprised, you know? Hey, Lex. Yeah. I yeah. saw you coming. <laughs> oh, well, Deeper, you're, you're, you're smart, I did. clever girl. I saw him coming. I'm like, oh, we got to do something fast. But no, nobody saw you coming. So, That's true. You know, it was, um, yeah, so, you know, all credit of me being on that show is my casting girl. She fought, fought tooth and nail. She fought against the executive producers and the executive casting director who, you know, made sure that she got a paycheck. She, she basically told them they were wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and 
And then when I had this final interview, you know, in the boardroom, from what I understand, Moonves and the execs said, yeah, this guy's got to be on. And so forcing, you know, Lynn Spillman and, and Probst and Burnett to eat a little bit of crow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next thing you know, I later that afternoon, I had, I was getting vaccinations. I get shots in my arms and I, I was like, okay, that I'm going, man. Yeah. I'm going. I'm getting my shots right now. I'm surprised they didn't recognize you from the first. Because when you when you were saying you had to send in another second video, I'm thinking surely they would have held on to him from the Australia because he's such a character. But so thank you for explaining that. That's that's interesting, Rob. What were you going to ask me, T Bird? Uh, when you said that you knew that you you know you could uh, basically you know uh, figure figure out Lex uh, and and what he was about from the jump, uh, what, what did you see? Okay, so if first I have to say this, if I had started out with Lex, mm-hmm. I think we would have been worked together. Yes, I really, Absolutely. really do. Absolutely totally. would have, mm-hmm. but we worked together. So as soon as you know the tribe, as soon as we merged into one tribe, I noticed that he was telling everybody how to vote, or people were saying, you know, what does Lex think we should do? And I'm like, uh oh, this is not good. We he's got to go. He's the leader. He, everybody's listening to everything he says. So from from the beginning, but like I said, I would have wished I could have started out with him. But since I didn't, I knew he was standing in the way of me getting, you know, as far into the game as I could. So I tried. Lex, I love you, but I tried. Oh, I know it. And I bless you for it. I, 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 I respect you a hell of a lot more for trying hard. You, you, uh, you, you, you were intrinsically part of my when my when my narrative started to go a little south in Africa during the whole, you know, Kelly Goldsmith witch hunt and everything, that was you were all right in the middle of all that stuff. And you know what? I have I have nothing but mad respect for you for the way you played it and for you know, I wouldn't respect you if you weren't gunning for me. You had to. Well, Lex, you know it's interesting too, watching it when it actually came out, I didn't realize that I had, you know, I don't want to say threw Kelly under the bus. I never knew. I wasn't part of your group or your alliance. I never knew what you were thinking, who y'all were gunning for. I never knew. So I didn't know that Kelly was taking the blame for all that. I didn't know what, how it was going down. I just, you know, so. I yeah, we, were, just, we were pretty secretive. I mean, it, when we were, when we had merged, we, we still, you know, it's, which is, which is interesting is that you don't see as much of that now. Um, people are jumping here and there, and everyone kind of knows what mm-hmm. everyone else. At the end of the day, if it's a, if it's a day to go to tribal, it's like you can't expect anyone to keep a secret in New School Survivor. They're guaranteed if you open your mouth and say something that you don't want everyone to hear, everyone's going to end up hearing it before you go to tribal. You know, back yeah. then we were really we were pretty hardcore about, um, you know, the the loyalty thing was was definitely a thing back then. Which you okay. know now now that's considered almost it's quaint, but it's silly. Mm-hmm. Like you know, true loyalty in uh, in Survivor that's a that's like a, that's a handicap, and um, you know it's not it's it's you don't count that as one of your weapons or tools in your in your arsenal these right. days. It's not it's it's considered a liability. You know, honesty and and um, any kind of honor is like no, that's stupid now. Okay, so Lex, I have to tell you this. So when we were walking to that tribal council where I put that vote on you, Frank, because, you know, Frank and I were very, very close. Of course, yes. he, he was my alliance. 
Well, when we were walking to tribal council, Frank said, who are you going to vote for? I said, Frank, just do what everybody says. Just do what everybody else is doing. Because remember, you had decided everybody was voting for Clarence. You had decided. So I just said, Frank, just do what do what everybody else is doing. Because I thought, I can't tell Frank yet because there's only two of us. And he's not going to be able, you know, Frank, he's going to be honest and probably say, yeah, I voted. You yep. know how, you know how Frank oh, yeah. is. So yep. I thought, I can't tell Frank yet until I, until I build my army. Because right now my army of one. And I did promise Clarence, he actually did say, T-Bird, please don't vote for me. And so I, I couldn't break my, my promise to him. But I also knew we had to, I had to slowly figure out how to get you out. So Frank, <laughs> I'm sure Frank would have given you a second vote too. But then after that, that would have been the end of both of us because I'm sure he would have he told you. Don't you feel like it? I'm, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that really nice, and you probably know this, the very first thing I read was from that Frank. Was, that was Frank. That was all Frank. Mm-hmm. It was all Frank. I remember that day like it was yesterday. He and I were the ones that were paired up to learn uh, how, to, how to make fire by the Messiah. And we were, we were the only ones out of everybody that got fire going. And I thought, God, if I got this guy on, on my tribe, we are going to just shred everybody. Yeah, you know, that's interesting too, Lex, because you're right. If you had had Frank on your tribe, you would have 100% bonded with him for totally. sure. So, totally, yeah. but I mean, we, you know, he couldn't be on my tribe because back then, the way that they made tribes, it was like everyone had a doppelganger. You know, mm-hmm. there was right. always like, you know, Rob, you had, you know, when you're in Amazon, there was, there was your equivalent, you know, somebody that was roughly same age and same kind of psychological profile mm-hmm. on the other tribe right i mean i think we all had yeah oh uh, we were the it was men versus women so i don't know if it was exactly oh, exactly gotcha. that that's right that's right um yeah so i mean but frank frank was definitely frank's mine um mm-hmm. you know we were i think almost exactly the same age and you know wife kids hardcore not happy yeah. being anywhere but in the driver's seat like to a fault was he the bizarro um, lex Yes. No, that's a great way of putting it. I love it. Yeah, he was bizarre, Lex. <laughs> All right. So, so Frank was 43. Frank was 43 and you were 38, right? I was 38. Yeah, I was 38. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Frank was 43. I, I'm not a member of the NRA. He was a member mm-hmm. of the NRA. It's bizarro. Yeah. Bizarro. Totally bizarro me. Yeah. So it, just about a lot of these people you would have bonded with most of the people. Unfortunately, I guess not, or fortunately for casting, they knew to put you and Kelly, Kelly Goldsmith together because I don't know though, Lex, if you guys had a pool together as smart as you both are, but she did not, I'll tell you what, if I had known she did like to be told what to do, because mm. basically that's what you were telling everybody yeah. to vote for. If I had known, I could have pulled her in, but I had no, it was too, I had no clue. You could, you, you could have, that might have been the only wedge that might've worked in your favor. Um, if you guys had worked together right from the get go, uh, that, yeah. that, that might, that might've done it because, you know, that's, that's the one thing I wasn't, I wasn't especially self-aware or not that I wasn't self-aware, but I, I, I didn't have the best read on Kelly that I could have. Um, I knew, so I have, you know, to this day, I know that voting her out when I thought that she had written my name, I know that that was absolutely like precisely the the most right thing to do was to get rid of her when I did. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was because she had cast a vote against me and, and she was flipping. But, um, but in reality it had, you know, 
it was my infamous gut, mm-hmm. um, knew that she, she wasn't digging what I was selling and that, and that we were, I, you know, I think I was just intuit, intuit, intuiting or intuitively feeling that she was about to take a shot at me and, and, and flip the script mm-hmm. because, you know, yeah. I didn't realize that until I watched with everyone else, but I could see that, you know, in the, in the episode or two leading up to that situation, she, that's when she started saying, you know, talking about how I should be taking, you know, how I was a crazy person, how I should be on medication and, and how upset she was that I was telling everybody and especially her what to do. Um, but I didn't realize that she, that she resented that until I had that scared gut feeling that she was up to get me. Mm-hmm. And, and she actually was, it doesn't mean, you know, sure enough, I, she hadn't written my name down yet, but she was about to. Mm-hmm. So I'm she, to this day, I'm so yeah. glad, so glad I, I sent her package. She had to go. Beat her to the punch. She never approached me either. Like I said, it was, I guess, since the merge had just happened, it was just too new, you know, for her to come to somebody she hadn't been with, hadn't been with her at all. So, yeah. yeah, And and, and to tell you the the truth, if she had not, if she had not come with us during that, you know, swap, um, that might have, that might have cooked my goose too. Mm -hmm. Um, If I hadn't been able to kind of keep her close, during those days that, you know, and, and she had, she naturally, she had to, uh, when we did the swap, she had to stay close to me and Tom, even if she didn't like, didn't like me. Um, she knew that she, she couldn't catch, she couldn't possibly catch up and, and, and be in, in the other, in the Samburu, you know, the original Samburu people's good graces. She needed mm-hmm. Tom and I for safety. Um, but if, if, if she hadn't joined Tom and I, um, that would have given her a great opportunity and an opening to uh, to change the game and get rid of me when I when we came back. Right. Do you feel like that that was a fair charge that you were telling everybody what to do, or do you feel like that that was uh, something that was uh, sort of a little misconstrued? No, I, no, I think it's totally fair. Um, it's I, I'm not I'm not always proud of of my you know in Africa especially, and I was I was younger. It's it's funny. To, I recently rewatched Africa with my, with my oldest son, Corbin. Yeah. Um, not that long ago. He had never seen it. Um, for 20 years, almost 20 years, he didn't, he didn't want to see it. And so he and I sat down and watched it. And there, you know, I watch it. I'm like, Oh my God, you were just a, looking at myself like you were, what a young punk, man. There, it's funny now that I'm 57 years old. I'm so, I've changed in so many ways. I mean, a lot of ways mm-hmm. I haven't, but, but I look at that guy. I'm like, God, you, you needed to just stop, just shut up for a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to people more. Don't tell. I, I was, I was such a control freak back then, and and I think you know, in in the twenty years since then, I've just you know, age naturally, you get wiser and you slow down a little bit. You open your eyes, you listen. Um, back then, I was, you know, I had to be in that damn driver's seat. I wasn't happy unless I was calling all the shots. I want. I didn't want anyone else driving the car. Um, so it's, I think it's totally fair to say that I was telling people what to do. Some people enjoyed being told what to do. And some yep. people's game was, I'm just going to kind of coast and, you know, and ride this guy piggyback. And, and, you know, as Tom used to say, he said, you know, it's a, I have, I have no problem with you being, you being the guy on the white horse in the front, you know, I'll be right behind you. But that guy on the white horse in the front, he's always the one that gets shot. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that everyone's, that everyone's going for. 
Um, and I just, I couldn't help myself. It was, you know, as even back then I knew that's yeah, probably not the safest way to play the game, but, um, I've never been one to, I don't, you know, I don't, I have, I have to be true to, to my own nature, whether, you know, whether it comes at my own peril or not. And so I, yeah, I think that's totally fair to say that I was being bossy. All right. So Lex, you mentioned Big Tom just then. So as I mentioned in the intro, you had an alliance with Big Tom and Ethan after day two, Big Tom on day one. Yep. What, what were your, how far did y'all get with the alliance? Did you say, okay, we get down to final five, final four, or final three, and at three, it's all men for themselves. What? Yep, how did yep. y'all come to that? Yep. No. So we 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 agreed from from that moment on when the three of us shook and we made our alliance. Um, the 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 only plan, the only way that you know that we the only thing we'd be happy with was for it to be final three, the three of us. And the deal was, um, you know, we we take care of each other. Um, until it's just the three of us. And then as Tom said, then it'll be bones to bones. And, and that, you know, I remember Tom saying that that day when we, when we made our lines, he says, now boys, it's, we, we got each other's backs until it's just three of us, but then make no mistake, it's bones to bones and we're, and we're going for it. And so, um, and that's, you know, and, and that's how it really went. The only time, um, that Ethan and I, you know, I, I hate it, but uh, I hated writing Tom's name when I did, and it was four of us still. But we had absolutely no choice because um, Kim Johnson had immunity, and it was the only people left to vote were Tom, Ethan, and I. And and the only reason that I voted, we didn't want a tie situation. And the only reason that I wrote down Tom's name, frankly, was um, was because I knew that he and Kim Johnson didn't like each other mm-hmm. and i knew that um that she was definitely going to write his name down but i hated it i hated writing his name down you know t-bird in the opening uh mentioned that you and ethan had made a deal on day two that ethan needed to go and think about it was like a a, a by sundown ultimatum I've never heard yeah. that story before that there was like you, you, you and Tom had asked Ethan to be in the Alliance and he was like, let me think about it and get yeah. back to you by the end of the day. That's exactly right. So, you know, Tom, I knew Tom, Tom was my number one choice. Not that you'd ever expect that. I think they probably originally put Tom and I on a tribe together because they wanted us to kill each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, you know, this, just this redneck kind of just kind of narrow minded, Back then, he ain't anymore, but, you know, just this redneck. Um, and I was just this, he looked at me, he just thought, my God, you know, what a freak. You know, both of us were just like, but as soon as we spent just a little, just a, an hour together talking, I knew he was my, he was my guy. I knew this, this guy could be my best friend. We had, as different as we were, we were so, so alike um, in terms of just like kind of our values and you know, family and, and whatnot. Plus he made me laugh. And you know, you guys both know to meet big Tom is to fall in love with big Tom. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, yes. and, and we were, he and I were fricking fracked from the get go. It's like, you'd never to a stranger, otter couple you, you will not find. But so I immediately went to him. I said, dude, um, I want you and I till the, 
till the very end. It's you and I are going to the very, very end. But I, and he says, okay, well, how does all this work? Cause Tom didn't have, Tom's a very, very smart guy. He's in fact, he's brilliant. He, he likes for people to think that's part of his yeah. you know, strategies. Uh, he plays the good old boy role and talks about how, you know, he can't read, you know, or write and all these other things, but make no mistake. Tom is, yeah. Tom is, is genius. And you don't create a, an incredibly successful, not one, but two incredibly successful businesses on your own and a business as complicated as proper cattle farming, you know, where you basically have to play cat, you know, tra- uh, you know, keep, keep your eye on cattle pricing. It's like the stock market. Mm-hmm. You got to buy low, sell high, and you got to know about all the things, how to doctor these cats, all the things, you know, it's like he's part vet, part, you know, stock trader, uh, all of the things. So he's, he's a very smart guy, but, um, but he needed me to kind of explain how the game worked. And I said, well, I said, I don't know. You know, I've only seen a couple seasons, but I said, I came into this game and I wanted, I wanted two, two core Alliance members. I wanted, I, I, I think that if we can be three strong and then we can have like these secondary alliances, but we got to be three strong. And that, I thought that was the magic number. So I said, we need one more. And so, and we need one more from this tribe because I said, before we go to our first tribal council, we have to have this thing totally locked in and locked in for the rest of the game. And, um, and I, and we talked about it and I said, well, I, you know, we both agreed that Ethan was the first person that we would, that we would approach. Um, and, and so, and I knew I wanted to make, I wanted that alliance of three. I wanted it to be three dudes. I just felt more comfortable with that. In Africa, that first that first time I played, I just, I, I just mm-hmm. that was comfort zone for me, and and Tom agreed with that. So we um we approached Ethan and 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 offered him this deal on day two, um and and you know I mean we all know Ethan pretty well, and Rob I know you know Ethan quite well. Ethan would be the first to admit that he is a paranoid person to his core. He's always been he's paranoid even in just regular life, not even playing Survivor. He's always paranoid about stuff. And I love, I love him to pieces, but that is, that's his, um, that, that is a, you know, a character trait of his that he can't do anything about it. So he, of course, was immediately like, mm, I don't know about this and I don't know you guys. And there's a lot on the line. And he was basically talking himself out of, you know, all yeah. the reasons why he shouldn't do this. And I said, that's totally fair, dude. And, and I, you know, I said, I, I will not take any offense if you don't want to be part of our thing here. Um, I will find somebody else and the deal will be off the table if you don't want it, but we can still work together, but you won't be part of this. And, and I said, and I kind of, you know, I have to play, you have to play at that point. You got to play your hand. I mean, it's poker. And, and if, you know, I realize I got to go all in on this one um, because he already knows what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just, I said, you know, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. And, and Ethan was like, you could tell he was scared. And, you know, again, he's looking at this redneck, the big redneck, big fat redneck farmer and this tattoo guy. And you could tell that Ethan, neither of us <laughs> fell into like his comfort zone of what he had lived or experienced in his life. You know, he, he was young, he was a pretty young kid. And I don't think he'd ever hung out with anybody like Tom and, I don't think he'd ever hung out with anyone like me. Um, so he was scared. And I said, that's totally fine, but you have until the sun goes down. And then at that point, the deal's, the deal's off the table. It, you can't, no, no seconds on this one. We'll find somebody else. 
And I said, so you got all day to think about it. And he took off. Um, you know, we, we did our thing during the day. We did all our camp chores and whatnot. And boy, he waited until that sun was right on the horizon. He came over, he says, I'm in. <laughs> and he made a million dollar, he made a million dollar decision that day. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, that was the best. That was, I think, his single best move on Survivor, Africa. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about our cast. Okay, let's pretend that Ethan didn't let you know anything by sundown. Because I can assure you at sundown, the deal was off the table because I know my yeah. Lex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who in the world would you appro- approach? Because you've already said the women, you did not want a woman in your alliance. You weren't comfortable. So right. basically, you've got Clarence to choose from or um, who's the other guy? That's it. That was it. That's it. Clarence. That's it. You and then, Clarence. Yeah. So I, I, I probably would have had to turn to a woman. Um, okay. I think at that point. Um, right. because, I mean, I like Clarence fine, but again, uh, we'd had the whole like bean gate. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You know, and Clarence was, bless his heart, I adore Clarence and Clarence and my wife are super, super tight, tighter than yeah. Clarence and I are. He, Kelly, Kelly loves, loves him. One he of the funniest people on the entire uh, planet. Oh, well, hilarious. I love him too. Hilarious. And I just oh, adore I him. 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 But back then he was, again, he was a young guy. Um, I could tell that it was it would he would be difficult to work with. He always kind of just barfed whatever was on his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I just I, my spidey senses just said, yeah, this that that's going to be that's going to be pl- like a little bit like playing with nitroglycerin. I, I just I, he lacked a certain amount of like maturity that um, at that time mm-hmm. he'd probably be the first to tell you that, that was the case. So I don't know, man. That would have put me in a real tight spot. Um, yeah, because Lex, you know, now you got you've got Diane or Jesse who both yep. were six, and and then you that got that got sick. Well, now you're right. down to Kelly G and Kim Johnson. Well, now what it, you gonna do? Well, it probably you know because I don't I think uh, Kim Johnson and Tom they rubbed each other the wrong way from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim Johnson didn't like his kind of you know old his his humor. You know his, you know his humor can get pretty get pretty racy and yeah he's just he's, you know you, i love it but um so kim would have been if i had to work with tom and tom like i said was my he was my ride or die so it would have been somebody that tom would would have wanted to work with because you know we had to make that decision together i wasn't telling tom what to do you know in, in that situation we were working together um i think it probably would have been if jesse hadn't been sick hadn't gotten sick jesse probably would have been top my top choice um, she was a little, little older, a little more mature than Kelly Goldsmith. Um, she, we knew that she was, a, she was a cop. Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff to me felt, felt like I could work with that. But then she got really sick. Um, right. Right. but you know, thankfully, Ethan, you know, as the story yeah. goes, Ethan, Ethan where else was he going? Fine. Come on, Ethan. <laughs> yeah. Like, this shouldn't have been a hard decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So. Okay, so now the three of y'all are in. You make it to the final three. Unfortunately, Lex gets voted out. Final two, Ethan and Big Tom. Who are you going to vote for? Who am I voting for if it's the final two is Ethan and Big Tom? Yep. Big Tom. All right, Big Tom. Yeah, no no question about that for a number of reasons. I mean, I I loved them both. They were both my brothers, my Africa brothers. Um, But, you know, Tom had – Ethan, you know, was young. He was beautiful. He had skills and talents galore. And I knew that if anybody could take that 
survivor experience and parlay it into a million different things. Ethan had, he had all the, all the good stuff. Um, Tom was a family guy, you know, Tom had a farm. Uh, he was, he was a working farmer. This is like, who I would have, you know, it would have been a great choice to have to make because I love them both. And how awesome would it have been a guarantee that one of my boys would be getting a million. Mm-hmm. But when I have to choose between the two, I'm going to choose, I'm going to decide who needs the, who needs the money more. Um, you know, Tom, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, Ethan, Ethan has nothing but the, the beautiful possibilities of life ahead of him. Um, and all the gifts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tom. Okay. No so, okay. So I have to, I have to mention this now. Do you know who Tom would have voted for if it had been you and Ethan? Oh, I think, I, I think, I think Tom would have voted for me to get the million. Ooh. Ooh. No, no. Ooh. Okay. You know, this is, this is great because I've done so many of these podcasts. I thought, what, what, what could I could you possibly learn? learn? No, this is, uh, this is really interesting. All right. So Lex, I've been a huge Lex cheerleader for many, <laughs> oh, many, I know, many, I many Big years. Tom. Yeah. I love Big Tom. I love Big Tom. I love Ethan. But, you know, again, I watched you play. And I knew that you were the only thing I thought standing in my way, which, you know, to me, you were. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, wow, I kept wondering, what what if, what if it had gotten down to to Ethan and and Lex? Who would have won? Well, I, I thought it would be you, Lex. I thought it would be you. And then I did my little poll, and the only one I wasn't sure about was Big Tom. So I had to call him. And I had to ask him, I'm like, Big Tom, I have to know the answer to this. And he said, this is what he said. At the time of the game, he would have voted for Ethan. Because, remember, y'all got in that little rift, and you really got on to him about when I kind of put that doubt in your mind. Which, by the way, was very true. It was true that he had come to me, because he kind of had a sub-alliance with Frank. Yes. And with me, yeah. but mostly with Frank, but then Frank was yeah. with me. So, yeah. so yeah. he, he did come and say that. So you were upset about that. I, I understand that clearly. So, so because you went off on him, like you did, he said during the game, he would have voted for Ethan, but as time went on, because y'all are so close, he would have wished he voted for you. Right. But, right. But in the game, he would have voted for Ethan. So the winner of Survivor Season 3 Africa, if it had been Lex or Ethan, would have still been Ethan. But okay. Big Tom would have really regretted it. But Big Tom... He well, would have really owed Tom, you one then, Lex. Yes, he would have. Because Lex, again, I kept thinking, this is the way, <laughs> this is the way I thought about yeah. it. I always thought, I want the person, and this will... This will take me into another direction. I always thought I want the person to win this game that I feel like is just giving it their all. And, and I, and you did, but don't get me wrong. I always also think whoever wins is the clear winner. Mm -hmm. It's their season. However, they got there, they got there. So bravo to Ethan for taking your offer before sundown. And play in the way he did because he has been a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful representation for Africa. Oh, absolutely. Beautiful. 
And, and you know, so, and the, the beautiful thing about the game is that you don't you don't know who's going to win because everybody, all of us out there, are are unique and different in so many ways, and we all have different reasons for the decisions we make right up to that last vote. So that's I mean that's what makes it so you know it's exhilarating that it's been forty seasons and you know right down every single season you've got those final two or final three nobody can say for certain that they know who's going to win you know because yeah everybody all it takes, all it takes is that one vote and, right. and sure enough you know you mentioned that about Tom and yeah I do you know I do recall yeah he was. He he had reasons to be mad at me because he also hated the fact that um that for a while I was working with Brandon, mm-hmm. and part of that was because at that time, you know, and it's not the case now, but naturally at that time Tom was pretty homophobic, and he was like, "We don't, we don't, you know, we don't work with queers." Simple as that. I'm all well. Hey, <laughs> we don't call them that <laughs> where I'm from, but yeah, I'll work with anybody and everybody. And I said, I like Brandon. But he, you know, he had he had an issue with that, and that started all sorts of things. But I mean, you guys know it's uh, it's you can have an alliance that I still I still stand by our alliance. It stood the test of time the entire game. But any any relationship, whether it's a marriage or you know a band or an alliance, there's going to be there's going to be peaks and valleys. There's going to be times where there where those relationships are tested. Um, and in this case, you know. Thanks, thanks to this, you know, kind of thing I learned today, T-Bird with uh, Tom saying he would have voted for Ethan. That's, I mean, that's really interesting. It gives me insight into, you know, how just, you know, a single conversation could have, you know, it, it did change, potentially change everything in terms of how, what my chances of winning could have been or not. And Lex, you know, you mentioned Brandon just now. Um, do you remember Brandon during the um, interview process? Of course. Rob, get ready. Rob, get ready. Brandon, during the interview process. Go, Rob. Rob. Okay. So, Lex, you, you went against your alliance. You went against Ethan and Big Tom. And, and voted with Brandon. That's strong, right? Yeah. That's well, strong. But so here's the thing. Um, you know, I knew it was a, that was a pretty easy call for me to make. Um, and this is where Tom and Ethan, you know, and I tried to explain it to them, but they, you know, they were, they were so kind of myopically focused on just their own kind of truths. But here's the thing. Brandon, Brandon helped me. He helped us really, Tom as well. When when the swap happened, he helped us immensely, and he continued to help me after we merged. And and it came there came a time where I really felt like I owed Brandon. I had to you know I had to take care of him, or at least you know stand stand beside him and support him and help him. And and I knew that that vote that you know Tom and Ethan were upset about. I knew that it wouldn't change anything. Because they were still going to get their way, but and I told them that, but you know they said no, you've got to vote with us. I said, well, I'm still I'm 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 completely aligned with what you guys want to do. That's all good and fine, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stab my boy Brandon. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand beside him and help him out. 
It's funny because it sounds all this stuff. It, it sounds these days the way that survivors played. It just sounds so absurd when I say it out loud that way. It's like nobody else would. Everyone else nowadays that they're smart enough that they wouldn't make those kinds of calls or unnecessarily put their own game at peril. You know, in peril just for a relationship or a friendship. But you know, I really, I, I really like Brandon. I love Brandon, and and I just you know. It's when you think about it, when you lay all these things out that I've done, it's, you know, you could argue it's kind of a miracle. I, I went as far as I did. Well, <laughs> and, you, and, are- you know, a lot of it had to do, you know, hell, if I hadn't won as many um, individual immunities as I did, or even mm-hmm. tribe immunities as we did, um, there's, you know, there's, there's a half dozen times where I, I would have been walking and, and out of the game. Well, I remember you. I had read a quote somewhere where you said, "quote You're not the boss of me." End quote. So even in Africa, I mean, you wanted to play your game. I mean, you're you're very strong. You're very strong and intense. And when you got your and you well, <laughs> I'm going to say intense. And you, I mean, yeah. just just to show that you would turn not turn but go against Big Tom and Ethan is like what? I mean, that's so. All right, so let me ask you this: you you. After standing up three hours and 21 minutes where you end up coming down and Mama Kim won that, um, won that challenge. If you had won that challenge, no, let's say if, if Ethan had stayed in there and you had come down before Ethan, if Ethan and Mama Kim had been up there together and you were already down. Okay. Who would they have taken? Who would Ethan have taken to the final mm-hmm. two? Uh-huh. I mean, and who would Mama Kim? Well, we already know who Mama Kim would take. To, who would Ethan have taken? Would Ethan have taken you to the final two, or were you still you're an all man for yourself? He would have taken. He would have taken Kim. He would have. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, I uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that I, you know, it's one of those things that um we've never, and it's funny because I mean I Ethan and I are super close. There's some some there's some things that you just don't talk about, mm-hmm. and so I've never flat out asked him. And I'm not saying you should either, unless you have already. And I'm about to have another surprise today. <laughs> well, we've, got, so we've, but, got e- we've got Ethan on the line right now. Okay, Ethan. Yeah, no, I'm just Ethan. Um, I've, n- I've never straight come right out and asked him, because I'm, I'm also not sure I would, he would give me an honest answer, but mm-hmm. I've never asked him outright um, that question, basically, or the question, did you and Kim Johnson have an alliance that actually was a higher priority than the alliance that Tom, you and I had Mm -hmm. like, was she, if, you know, if she, if you and she were still in the end, was she your number one? Right. Um, I'm convinced that she was. And I think that that might, you know, we don't know that to be true for certain or not, unless Mm -hmm. you guys know something I don't, but if that's the case, then that would probably be his best move, even better than making alliance with, Tom and I, you know, on that second day. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain. And I, if, if I had won that, um, that, that final three, I most definitely would have taken Ethan. Probably bad move. Cause mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if I had taken Kim, I guarantee you, I would have whooped her in the, uh, in, in the final tribal. Um, but it doesn't matter. Course. I, I, I would have, I would have taken, I would have taken Ethan. For certain, which would have been a mistake. So, Lex, but I thought you said at final three you were all on your own. 
You were all yeah, around now you're, you're, ta- you're talking now. But Kim wasn't in that deal. Kim wasn't bones to bones. No, exactly. Exactly. So, so she, we, if, if final three, as it was, there was a, somebody that was not in Ethan's and Tom's and my alliance. Well, oh. mm-hmm. they got to go because that's the deal we made. If there is any other cannon fodder, any other meat that's not Tom, Lex, or Ethan, that's the meat you take out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, y'all should have said four. Final four. Because then you know what, <laughs> then you know what you're dealing with. I mean, so like you said, Ethan. Well, I'm not saying, it's like, obviously, I'm not saying everything. I, all my moves. <laughs> Were, were the best moves and the smartest moves. Yeah, we're airtight. <laughs> they're, right. they're just the ones. They're just the ones I made. I, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing. I'm. Um, I can't help myself, and um, you know, and that's. I'm not. You know, I've never been a robot or somebody that's just really, you know, analytical. I'm a. I'm a creature of impulse and emotion, which um, I think you know, if you're spectating, it, it, it's definitely going to be a more interesting and fun ride to watch mm-hmm. but if you're me then you also find yourself doing things you're like oh, shit <laughs> i shouldn't have done that but i couldn't help it mm-hmm. and if i and if i come to that decision again i'll probably do it again you know because i just you know well, Lex, I, hope I, I can be my own worst enemy you know it's like uh i my success is in spite of myself well i hope i didn't crush your spirit about big tom's boat no i didn't no. mean to do that but but I no. always was curious because, again, I always thought that you would have been the one that would have won. And it was kind of cool to find out that the one that won was the one that was supposed to win. Right. That was the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I've always thought about that kind of just, you know, when you think about things sort of, you know, I don't know, metaphysically or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I look back and, and I see what Ethan did with his win. Um, I, it's easy for me to just put my own ego aside and say mm-hmm. the right guy definitely won. Like, would it have been great for me to get a million dollars? Hell yeah, I, I could have done, you know, but I would not have done yeah. because, you know, I wouldn't have done what Ethan did because I had my kids and, yeah. you know, it's, I, I, I do think he was a, he has been to this day, he's a great representative of Survivor. Yes. He's, I mean, he's, he's done, Wonderful, beautiful things. And, and honestly, it might have, I think it, in hindsight, it might have been better for me not to win. It was easier for me to walk away and just go back to the life that I love and not get caught up in everything that a million dollars, it's not, it, it's life changing money, but it can really complicate your life too. It's, mm-hmm. it makes things complicated. I like shit bone simple. Um, and winning that money would would have made things, by definition, really complicated. Yeah. I think. I think I'd be really sad now too if I won uh, Survivor because I'm pretty sure the money would all be gone, and I'd yep. be like, "What? What happened? I had a million dollars. What? I now I now I'm I have. Where did it all go? I wasted it. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, jump in here. I'm gonna jump in here right now. And be say another I thing. Would, I wouldn't have felt that way, guys. Either one. So, but Lex, I do want to say this. I don't believe one minute for a second that Ethan had an alliance with Kim Johnson over you. I don't believe it for a second. Really? Absolutely don't believe it for a second. Because when you went on the um, trip and it took the medical supplies to the hospital, don't let me forget to ask you that question about that. Um, That was my time 
which I wish I had been with you. That was why I wanted yeah. to ask you. I wish I had thought fast enough to say, can I go to just because of the meaning and what it meant for, in my life with my brother. But yeah. I didn't I didn't go, but I stayed behind. But it was a perfect opportunity to say to to Ethan, Ethan, look what's happening here. And Big Tom, he is running it. He's going to win. And, and I believed it. But now they were listening. So they were really listening. Then, but but at that point, I knew that, that they were both still loyal to you completely. One hundred one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. And I, and I wish I'd known that that whole story about your brother before all that happened. And and I kind of wish I'd spoken up because I, I would have honestly with all that, with, with what I know, you know, now, if I'd known that about your brother and that story, then um, I would have been happy to to let you take my place on that and to take the medicine. Cause that would have been, that would have been wonderful for you. You know, oh, I, I would have, no, I just wish I'd have asked to go with you, not take it just to go with you because it wasn't again, it wasn't like it was, you were going for food or going. And I knew that I also knew my number was up in the game, but once I, I never thought about it cause it happened so quickly to go. We, so. we, we all know probes well enough to know he would never in a million years would have given up the opportunity of making me make a really hard choice rather mm-hmm. than just letting me bring a buddy that never that probes never would have left that fly. It would have been like, you know, Oh, you want to go with them? Okay. Well, Lex, you can choose to get, this is what probes would have done. He would have said, you can, you can give your spot up. Um, or, you know, and she can, and T-Bird can go, or you can go. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Rob, you've, yeah, I'm not sure. Like at at the that point in like the infancy of the show, like I don't know if he could make that call on the fly that, to do that. Mm-hmm. I think that may, he might have had to like uh, you know uh, huddle up with the producers before making that. Like I think nowadays he would just like instantly uh, go to that. But yeah, yeah, that sounds like how it w- would work. Now, yeah, I don't know, yeah. guys, because like you know that was such a the spotlight on the AIDS epidemic in Africa was such a amazing thing they did having that as part of the show that I really think, yeah, I believe what Rob said. He might've had to have asked, ask about that, but I don't know if he would have used that for leverage or, or let me say this. I actually don't want to believe that. I think he'd say, Lex, how do you feel about T-Bird coming along? I already know what you would have said, Lex, and I already know you would have given up your place because I know you. So anyway, that was really neat that you got to do that. That was very it, neat. It really was. It really, very really special. was. So, yeah. Lex, the difference between you playing in Africa where the weather was, I mean, it was warm. It was nice, I thought. Nice, you know, as far as a little bit warm. Compared to All-Stars with it raining every single day, that had to have put a damp, damp on your spirit or on the way you played the game. Did it? Well, I mean, it's it's funny because so many people talk about, you know, Africa was brutally hard in a lot of ways. And in a lot of ways, I think it was, in certain ways, it might have been the hardest season physically. Um, but I'll tell you what, I would have, I would have spent three months in, in that hot Africa climate on that barren, you know, mm-hmm. landscape rather than spend one month or even two weeks in Panama during, during that, that, you know, monsoon season. It was so, so like it's indescribably demoralizing to be, soaking wet and freezing cold and there's no place to find mm-hmm. dry or warmth. I mean, and, and it's just, 
you get a sense of what, you know, that, that like legendary water torture is all about. It's just, it, Mm -hmm. it literally sucks what little tiny like flicker of optimism is in your soul. It's, it breaks you down and you can see it happening to everybody. Um, and, and I, to this day, I used to never mind the rain. I hate the rain now. I, Mm. I hate it. I just, I hate being, I hate getting wet, um, in the rain. And, and it's, and it's a little Mm. bit of PTSD from just spending days and days. And the nights were the worst when you just sit there, you couldn't sleep. And there were nights where it was so cold and, and so damp. And it didn't matter that you could be like up against somebody. I just, I'd literally, I just walk out into the water and I'd get neck deep, you know, because the, the getting into the ocean in the middle of the night, when it was pouring rain, it was a hell of a lot warmer in that water. And I'd just come out and I'd be pruned up everywhere. But it's just, you, there was no place to find any relief from it. That's the thing is like, Mm -hmm. when you, when you feel that kind of trapped, it's like being, you know, in a dark hole that you can't climb out of. Um, It's horrible. And and Rob, you, you had, you guys had the same sort of scene in Amazon, right? I mean, uh, I mean, I, I had it in, in Panama there too. And you had it in Panama. Well, that's right. But, and did you, was, did it, did hey, you Lex, get when. Lex, Lex, did you know that, um, Rob was on All Stars too? Oh, I know that. He <laughs> and I did not have, we, we didn't get to play together at all. I know. Um, I, yeah, no, know I was there. I, I actually don't, but Peter, that a lot of people don't know. I actually was there for a little while. Yes, you um, were. And, and then, uh, yeah, but, um, that was, that was bad. And, and in the Amazon, it was, uh, Towards the end of the game, it hit the rainy season. It was the same sort of thing where that's just, it's just the worst. But that, that rain in Panama was, mm-hmm. did it, did it affect you as so we had actually like, me? uh, when, like on that night where like, um, you know, that like infamous night where like Rupert had built the shelter in the sand. Uh, so we had won the tarp like in the contest or like r- right before then, but we had not even like hung it up yet. Uh, and oh, wow. so we were all like, like underneath a tarp, uh, like that, like, uh, one night in particular, but it was like, it's like, we were like, so, like on the ground, like just like, uh, six people underneath, like a, uh, like a piece of canvas in, uh, yeah, it was, it's not fun. No, no. And, and a lot that rain would often, it would rain sideways. Mm-hmm. So it, even if you had a roof, if you didn't have a solid wall, it didn't matter. It was just coming in. That's coming in from the side. Mm-hmm. So, so Lex, other than the water, I mean, the rain and the weather, was it easier to play with strangers in Africa than it was for your second season in All-Stars with knowing these people? It was a thousand times easier to play against strangers. I mean, it's, for me, and that's some people might argue, you, you know, depends on your personality, I guess. But I have such a I get so hung up on relationships. I mean, I really I value relationships with people probably above anything and everything else. And a lot of us were friends when we went and played all-stars, a lot of us knew each other. We'd, we'd done, you know, a lot of charity events together and stuff. And so it was, I had no, I was not prepared for how hard it was going to be. I, I didn't, I didn't imagine before we did it because we had never done anything like that with people we knew. And so I don't think anyone knew exactly what it would be like until we were in the thick of it. And maybe Boston Rob might be the exception to that because I think he he took to to that element like a duck to water. Mm-hmm. He you know to his credit, which is which is why you know ultimately he's a much 
better survivor player than I could ever be because he is, he can truly hit the pause button and spend Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff, you know, and then just go for it. Um, you know, balls to the wall. I, I could not. So yeah, I, I had a really, really hard time and it was an unpleasant time playing with people I knew. I, I frankly, I kind of hated it. I've never watched all stars since we came back. I, you know, I watched it when it aired, but that's it. I don't want to watch it again. I don't really think back on, on it much. I had, I had the time of my life in Africa. Um, I had a terror, I pretty, I had a terrible time on all stars. I didn't really like it. Yeah. Kathy, uh, Vavrick O'Brien said it was not fun. There was no humor. No, it was very heavy. It was, and it was, it took a while to get over that one um, for a million different reasons, but it was, um, it was just psychologically really, it was pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't think that people really talk about this enough, but like there had never been anything like that before in that, you know, that every single one of these shows has an all-stars version of you go and then, oh, you're going to play again. Like, I, I think that for most of us, like at the time, like the idea of would you play again was like, wait, what? Like, that's not a thing. Totally. You know, go, pl- go and play again. And so like exactly. we were the first people that ever were in that position of then, okay, now you're playing this game against people that you know somewhat in real life and you know their family and you've taught and you've like talked to them and now you have to play this game that has only been played by strangers before. Yep. And it's it's funny because you know, from the outside looking in, um, yeah, I mean, we always knew Survivor is the ultimate social experiment, right? Mm-hmm. That to me was always really fascinating. You take these 16 strangers, put them in a, in a situation that is like, by definition, already really stressful, but then dangle a million dollars and let's see what happens. It's, it's a fascinating social experiment, how people behave, how people rebuild a little society. But then when you think about all stars, like you said, first time they basically turned this social experiment up to 11. Like it was already a really interesting social experiment with strangers, Mm -hmm. but now let's up the ante and make it a next level social experiment where we see, you know, what happens when these people who, some of who love each other, some of whom have had romantic relationships in the past Mm -hmm. together. Let's see what happens when, again, we put the same situation, but now they know each other and we dangle the money Let's see who eats who. Let's see what, you know, it's, let's see how their, how their minds handle it, how they, you know, if people are going to just break down or, you know, crack. Um, it was literally taking that social experiment and just turning the heat way up on it to bring it to a rolling boil. Rob, did you want, I mean, I know Rob because the work you do, but have you watched it back? So I, I don't aired. watch it back as like, ooh, like, uh, let me put this on for fun. Yeah, I have, <laughs> because for the podcast, uh, watch it. We're, we're also doing a all-time countdown of the seasons, and I'm currently watching a season a week to go through. It has not wow. come up, but I do think it is coming up soon. Uh, we're up to the 35th best season uh, this week, but I, I, I think that... It will be uh, not too long before I have to watch it again. Rob, really? I think it'll be, you don't think it'll be like in the top 10 or top 15? No, it'll be, I think it'll be around 30. Oh, what do you think, Lance? People don't like it. 
people don't like it. it. It all depends on who's making the decision of, you know, how to rank the seasons. Like, you know, well, I, would, they, I would, it's I a would not rank it top 10. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, we had about twenty five hundred uh, Survivor fans vote on where the uh, where the seasons should be. I, I think it's it's considered to be one of the worst seasons. I guess well, I would, if I had to pick it, I, I hated it. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might put it at forty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Lex, this is so funny because of course you just said that you loved Africa was so great, and you and I have talked um, about how much I'd like to go back, and you said T Bird. Be careful what you wish for. It's nothing yeah. like you when you play the first time. It's nothing like the first time. So, Lex, just so you know, I just need to tell you this. For me, Africa was extremely emotionally and psychologically difficult because I never had any ground. So, mm-hmm. for me, for me, I was never in the driver's seat. So, to play again... It, it was never easy for me in Africa. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if that would make a difference yeah. or not. And Lex, can and I, I ask you... The, yeah. T-Bird was so close to going back and playing in season 31. She was right there, and yes. it was a travesty. It was heartbreaking. That, it was that, absolutely that, you know, heartbreaking. I haven't even yelled at the Survivor fans recently for not voting T-Bird back into Survivor uh, Cambodia, but shame on you all. Not totally, voting enough. Totally shame, shame, shame on all of you. There were, and, I mean, you were number one on my list of yes. who really ought to be going back and and the fan community loves you. They absolutely love you. Not um, enough. That's right, and, Rob. And I was shocked okay. that Shane Powers didn't mm-hmm. go back. Oh, that to me yeah. was, that was the There's second no justice. travesty. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let me, but let me ask Lex, how do you feel like that T-Bird would have done against uh, that competition? Did you watch that season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think she would have done fantastically well. I'm not sure you guys, of course, I thought about it mm-hmm. because I was kind of close. I don't think Jeremy could have been beaten. Jeremy would have been a, Jeremy well, would have been a tough it, one to get down still, to. You still could have done real well. I mean, you know, doing mm-hmm. real well doesn't necessarily uh, mean uh, it's like all or nothing. But uh, Lex, yes, it you does. You would have gone deep. Lex, you would have gone deep. I'm just like you, Lex. It's all or nothing. You I wanted, wanted to win. Wanted yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, Rob. You too, right? Yeah, maybe Absolutely. you could have like uh, pinned a vote on Jeremy and then uh, Jeremy would have been like, <laughs> who voted for me? Like, uh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay, assuming I think it was back. That's assuming that he's that Jeremy's as much of a lunatic as I was in mm-hmm. Africa, and that's a that's a tall order. But Rob, let me ask you, how do you think T-Bird would have done? I think it would have been interesting. You know, it really comes down to you know which tribe uh, she would have been on because yeah. one of those tribes was like more of a train wreck, and then really comes down to where she lands in the in the swap. But I feel like that you know everybody loves T-Bird, and then I also think that people probably sleep on her a little bit in terms of like, oh, she's uh, just a sweet lady, uh, she's the nicest person, and then uh, she'll put a knife in your back. Oh hell yeah! Oh oh yeah! Oh yeah! Okay, well, let's like not, to, on, not Teresa. She on. would, she wouldn't do <laughs> her. Uh, she's the sweetest person ever. Lex, which reminds me, Lex, when you when you came to me and told me I was the real deal, but you did not ask me. You did not ask me. Did you vote for me? And I, I tried to go in my own over in my mind. If you had actually said, "Did you vote for me?" Would you have been truthful? I. Would I've been truthful, and I can tell you, I thought about it because if I had been truthful, I would have been gone next. 
100 mm-hmm. million percent. And I, and I was there to win too. So I, I think, it. I think I wouldn't, would not have lied. I would have diverted. I would have said, Lex, really? Really? Yeah. I think so. yeah. That's what I would have done. Yeah. So, well, and that would have been a really smart and shrewd move because I probably would not have, I probably wouldn't have pried or pushed. It, could, it can't be Teresa. She would never. So, she would never so lie. You, so, you guys, let me ask you a question: Is diversion, is diverting on a question the same as lying? Because some people mm-hmm. say, "Well, maybe." But if you, what is it? What do you think? And I'll, I mean, it's it's that's up to you. I mean, mm-hmm. you're the one that has to live with yourself at the end of the day. And some people, a lot of people, would say that's not lying. I didn't. I did not say a lie. And if you can sleep with yourself that way, then mm-hmm. good on you. And you didn't lie. Yeah, but Lex, um, if you if you didn't prod enough to to say T Bird, I'm actually so, asking, that would be on me. Did you I vote? Mean, did you vote for me? Yes or no? And then at that point, yeah, I don't know. That I, I, I'd, I'd say that that's not a lie. That's not a lie at all. You're just you're basically distracting me, you know, by saying you know shiny. Mm-hmm. Here's a shiny object over here. Don't don't worry about that other thing. Now that that begs an interesting question. Something that I've wondered about. I wanted to I want to ask you guys about this because, um, I mean. Y'all spend so much time discussing and talking about re- competitive reality TV and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, in the old school Survivor days, there was, you know, for the most part, th- there was kind of an ethical code that we all just, it was unspoken, but we all kind of, most all of us followed an ethical code of sorts, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was kind of, you know, this, we all had a, a sort of a, semi-elastic but all of us had a sense of like a certain kind of honor and um you know there was honesty was considered to most to be you know equality something that you respected um loyalty was as well but that was the old school and you know fast forward you know now to new school a lot of what i've just said would be considered just absurd Mm -hmm idiotic drivel you know if, if you come in you know planning like one of us old school players who's who values honor if you come in and play new school survivor and you don't plan on lying you mm-hmm. don't plan on jumping ship from one alliance to another as you need to well then you're shame on you and you're an idiot you're not going to win um, you're not using all the tools and, and and all of your all your weapons right so that's is that fair enough to say that Old school, new school. Now it is everything is fair game. You know, back back in the old days, like with All Stars, I remember having Madison Square Gardens was booing Jerry Manthe and me mm-hmm. when we were when we were basically proposing, um, you know, this absurd kind of uh, uh, theory that yeah, this is not just a game; it is real life for us. And mm-hmm. that's almost when things started to switch, right? Um, but this is a long-winded way of saying I find it really interesting that I've, I've recently started watching, and I've been pretty obsessed with it. It's guilty pleasure, but I've been watching MTV The Challenge. Okay, Double Agents. Yes, I, I I didn't expect that I I would like it as much as I did, but I've got a few fr- few friends, people that I know that are in it, so I thought that'll be fun to watch. I find it fascinating that of all things on this MTV competitive reality show with a lot of big brother uh they've got big brother competitors they've got all the you know the road rules folks and whatnot 
And these are younger people, right? So you would expect that naturally these younger people would be of the generation, if it is in fact a generational thing, loyalty, honor and whatnot, or, Mm -hmm. you know, no holds barred. You would, but these are younger people. And on MTV, the challenge, double agents, they do honor and honesty and loyalty is in fact celebrated as a virtue and the people that lie in the game, it comes back to bite them. The mm-hmm. other players, they won't have it. So, and I've heard, I've heard from somebody that um, with the Big Brother community and the MTV uh, competitive reality people, Survivor now, Survivor players have a reputation of being just like immoral, mm-hmm. kind of um, that they're not they're not well. They're not yeah. well regarded as people as as good players that they're that they're regarded as kind of scoundrels like all of them you know yeah tell so, me so, so tell yeah, me what you feel then, about uh, that you know, just thinking about that a little bit um you know I think that maybe the difference is that I kind of feel like that the challenge is like more of like a league in that that they do a season or two of the challenge every season and. The same people play over and over and over again. So whereas Survivor is a little bit more like, hey, what do I have to do to win this one game? Uh, you know, I have this one shot to win it. And maybe you end up playing, you know, a second time. And, you know, people, you know, think more about like what you did the the first time out. But I think that, you know, for Survivor, I think it's a little bit more of like an all bets are off where, you know, what can I do to win the money this time? Where I think sometimes on the challenge, you're thinking about, yeah, I'm here now, but if I make this, if I cross this person, am I going to have to face them again next season? Am I going to have to like be playing with this person for the next three or four years? And so maybe the bonds that I'm building are more important because it's more of a long-term thing where Survivor is a little bit more like, hey, shoot your shot, you're here. Counterpoint to your point, I... I almost feel like if um if I was in this, you know, kind of these career competitors yeah. that, that play on the challenge and whatnot, and if I knew that I was going to be doing this over and over again with a lot of the same people, I would feel like it's it would almost be um just an unwritten rule that nobody takes anything personally because we're all doing this over and over again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can you can be as you know, ruthless as you want because we're all doing this over and yeah. over and over again. So we'll all get used to it rather than take things really personally because they do take things really personally, which I've been accused of doing on survivor, both Africa and all stars. I'm the guy that took things really personally, which is true because I'm Mm -hmm. I'm an emotional guy, but I would think that if you're basically doing the competitive reality thing as a kind of a career over and over again, that there would be more of, of that sort of behavior and less well, taking things personally. Let's think about it this way. Like, let's like, what if the survivor was more like a, the the challenge? And so, after Survivor All Stars, like, we're, we're all playing in a, a Survivor All Stars a year. It's you know two thousand five, right? And we're all playing Survivor All Stars. That make no mistake, Boston Rob is the first person voted out of the <laughs> you know Survivor All Stars. All these same people, like, uh, hey, do you you guys remember what he did to Lex, right? Okay, we can't trust him. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the idea of like, uh, okay, well, we know we can trust Lex. Lex was, uh, you know, true to his word. He said he was, uh-huh. you know, and so I think that, you know, it's sort of, it's more of like a long-term thing because you're going to be, you know, around these people for, it's you know. It's part of your, 
part of the game. It's part of the strategy. Yeah. Game. That makes, that's fascinating. That makes a, that makes a ton of sense, actually. All right. I'm going to interject. I'm going to interject here. First off, that you're right. But remember in Heroes versus Villains, that's exactly what happened to Boston Rob. Jerry said, remember what he did to Lex? He's mm-hmm. got to go. So that happened there. So, and then another thing is, um, when you, well, that was the main thing I was guess I was going to say was <laughs> that, that, that actually happened. But what yeah. do you think as far as, I mean, as far as pre-alliances and everything going into this stuff with pre-alliances, do you think you mess yourself up with these pre-alliances going in, making promises? Because, all right, oh, I know where I was going with this, Lex. So, Lex, let's just say what you said is true. And then you saw what happened to Boston Rob and Heroes versus Villains. Well, what do you think? How do you think Colby's going to react to Lex if he's on Heroes versus Villains with Lex? Because you flipped on Colby. Oh, he's he's going to shank me. Yeah, he's oh, going to take you out. Of course, of, of course. So, and I say that because, again, Colby was a pre-alliance in All-Stars with you, right? Uh, he thought we were, he thought okay. we had oh. an alliance. I, I, I was lying to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I but, made, but, I, he called yeah. me. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, go. Oh, I was just going to say, um. On All Stars, I I only had one pre one true pre alliance on All Stars, and that was Big Tom. He, he, we we talked a lot ahead of time, and we we were locked and loaded again. Nobody else but Colby. This is a guy that he he never he never had much love for me, and when we would do charity events, he would typically avoid me mm-hmm. a lot. Like uh, Has- Elizabeth Hasselback, she hated me. She straight up hated me. Why? Um, because I looked, because of the way I looked, she was just, yeah. she was judging the book by its cover. She just, and he was doing kind of the same thing. Maybe it's because of their upbringing, where they're from, but they looked at me, they're like, mm, uh-uh, no, that guy, no, I don't like you because you're, you look weird. And, and so, you know, Colby was, Colby was the guy that he was never very nice to me. He, he could never, you know, I'd go and shake his hand and say, Hey, how's it going at a charity event? And Colby would just kind of like shake my hand and walk away. He was just, yeah. he was kind of a, kind of a prick. And, and then lo and behold, when the casting is happening for all stars, um, one day I get a phone call from Colby. I don't even know how he got my number, but he calls me. And this is the guy that would never talk to me at charity events. And he's all, Hey, Lex. Um, Hey, I hear you may have gotten a call. I'm all, yeah. He's all, well, what do you think about alliances? Mm-hmm. I said, I think alliances are great, Colby. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, what about you and I? We'd be pretty, we'd be a pretty formidable pair. I'm all, I love it, but we don't know if we're going to be on the same tribe. He's all, well, if we are, then what do you say? I said, I'm all in. Yeah. Now, of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, F you. Mm-hmm. you you prick you you've been a prick to me and why would i why would i said and i was thinking in my mind i cannot wait to take you out mm-hmm. I, i'm actually going to really enjoy that and i'm going to do it with impunity and i'm going to i'm going to make sure it's a blind side because f you mm-hmm. and sure enough you know coincidentally or not um we get out there and oh yeah. So what do you think? You feel like that that Colby like said like, hey, like, uh, you know, I got a, I got a request, uh, you know, and and they gave Colby like, uh, like his picks on the tribe. Uh, possibly 100 because Mm -hmm. I I feel like our tribe was pretty well, was pretty front loaded. Um, but Mm -hmm. if it's not that, I don't, I see, I don't think that they would let, 
as close as Colby has always been to probes, I don't think they would let Colby build a tribe. I, mm-hmm. I just don't think that they're control freaks in that way, production and, and probes and Burnett and everybody. But do I think that, um, that Colby may have, uh, that Colby was close enough to probes that, um, that he was given maybe a list of people that were going to be on the show. Mm-hmm. And also maybe phone numbers. Cause yeah. I don't know how cool we got my phone number. Yeah. And, you didn't call um, me. And, and, but yeah, but didn't you, and you guys weren't on the same tribe. So, mm-hmm. um, but maybe he was, you know, and this is all total speculation. So, you know, if SEG CBS, you're listening out there, I'm not saying I know anything. I'm just, I'm just speculating yeah. wildly this right is now. Ancient but, history. Yeah, it is ancient history. Nobody cares. And, and I, I have no problem with it because I think that anybody who doesn't play, if, if you have extra intel or information or tools that you can play with and you at your disposal and you mm-hmm. don't use them, that's shame on you. And if Colby had a relationship with Probst and Probst was willing to say, look, this, these are the people that are going to be on your tribe, um, you know, I'll just, or just, I'm going to leave it at that, mm-hmm. you know, without any kind of prompting or priming, um, then of course Colby should, Colby should, uh, you know, should, work with what he's got but the problem is when you've been a dick to somebody for a few years mm-hmm. you can't just expect them to want to be your best friend mm-hmm. um in the game survivor yeah well lex did you talk to colby s- t-bird what i, what I want to say about that no oh, i God. did not i know okay. i did not take, <laughs> all I know, right let me tell you about I, lex I, I wish i'd added it onto the list but i, I okay no but but lex I'm just going to say this. Sometimes, and it's hard to believe because I know when people make you feel a certain way, sometimes they don't even realize they're making you feel that way. So so for him to reach out and want to have an alliance and feel that comfortable because he felt comfortable and he trusted you, he obviously didn't realize that he made you feel that way. I'm just trying to say a lot of times people treat you a certain way. I'm thinking, I don't even think they know they're doing it. Which I'm not making. And I, not- I love, I love the way you're looking at this. It's why I love you. Is mm-hmm. um, you know, because I felt. I mean, to you know, full disclosure, just you know, three minutes ago after I had kind of told that story, I felt bad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this again might be like older me, um, more sentimental me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I've, I've more and more I try to be the guy because I, I, I was not that guy before, but. If you don't have something, you know, positive or good to say, then just don't say anything at all. And and I feel a little bit bad about you know telling that story about Colby. Um and T Bird, you're you're a sweet and pure and good person. Um, you know, a better person than I am for sure. And still wrote your name down, Lex. That's I, I, several <laughs> times. Several yeah. times. Several yeah. times. <laughs> no, but I, I don't think fall that's for a really, it, Lex. I think that's a beautiful <laughs> way. It's a beautiful way of looking at things. Yeah. Um, the world, the world would be a better place if, if we didn't get all hung up in our own minds about, yeah. you know, what we think people, how people are feeling or thinking about us. And rather than that, just focus on the positive. Yeah. It is totally possible that Colby might just be in his own, like Colby world, like, uh, just only thinking about himself and mm-hmm. like, uh, pro- like, uh, like might not have been like thinking too much about a- a- any other person and-, and makes a lot of people feel that way of like, oh, he mm-hmm. doesn't care about me. He doesn't like me. Uh, because, uh, like I totally could see that, especially the, uh, those people from Survivor Australia 
they were so big. They were like, uh, you yeah. know, rock stars. And I'm sure like the, especially like Colby and Elizabeth, like the superstars yeah. from that season probably looked at everybody else as like pissants who came along. <laughs> it's like, what are you? You're nothing. You're not stars. Get out of my face, <laughs> Teresa. <laughs> This is a good time to jump in here with this. Okay. So, Lex, you know what you said to me before when I first reached out to you, and, and I knew, Rob and I knew we wanted you on this podcast. It just was, you know, fitting you in at the perfect time. So, but we always knew that you were going to happen. We hoped you were going to happen. So, when I reached out to you, you said, what? could there possibly be to talk about what could the, you even mentioned it on this podcast at the beginning and, well, I I thought, and that's also because i really respect you guys i'd hate to i'd hate to not bring it mm-hmm. I, you know I, I don't that's why even when i, I was kind of tongue-in-cheek saying i'm gonna be i maybe don't get excited t-bird i told you i texted you that earlier today don't get excited i may be dreadfully boring it's part of that is like kind of a genuine concern i, I want to bring it because you mm-hmm. guys are you guys are you know you're top of the heap you're real deal and you you work real hard to do a really great, to have a really great show. And I just didn't want to be the one to shit the bed. So, well, Lex, what I started doing was, you know, I know you as a good, good, good friend. I mean, we played together. We didn't spend much time together out there, but I've known you and come to love you through the years because I, I love you and respect you like crazy. So but I love I, you too. You know that. And so, Lex, so I thought, I've got to really do my, my background work on, on Lex. So I started really getting into watching, you know, this different parts of the seasons, which kind of focused on All-Stars because I knew, you know, how I've heard through the years about you with the Boston Rob. And I, I had to, it's kind of like the Big Tom vote. I had to know what would have happened with that vote. Well, the same thing with Boston Rob. I had to try to figure out what happened with all that. So I thought, how am, and by the way, I don't have Boston Rob on speed dial. Um, I had never, I think I met him once way back right after, um, he played when we were all together. And it was before Boston Rob was Boston Rob. Mm-hmm. If you know, if so, anyway, so I thought, how am I going to get to Boston Rob and have him talk to me and help me figure this out? So, I reached out to Sandra and the Queen Stays Queen and I called her and I said, Sandra, can you help me with this? I said, I really want to talk to Boston Rob about the all-star, what happened there. And so Sandra first and foremost said, you know, that's interesting because when we were on Island of the Idols, he, Sandra says, Rob actually mentioned to me. All right, Lex, you with me? Oh God. Yeah. Hold on. I'm, I'm buckling up. Fastening my safety belt. And this is what Sandra (laughs) said. I wrote it down as as she was saying it. Because I thought, if I can't get Boston Rob on the phone, at least I'll have this. So Sandra said that he said that he regretted that he lost. And I'm not even going to get emotional because I'm going to try not to. That he regretted that he lost a real true friend. Um, he, He regretted how it went down. Okay? How it went down. Because he valued your friendship. And I said, gosh, I... I would really, I'd really like to talk to Boston Rob. I said, can you just put a call in to me? And she goes, yes, I will. So she calls me right back because I thought Boston Rob's not going to talk to me. Mm-hmm. He gets $200 an hour on cam. <laughs> he gets, he gets a hundred, he gets $199 <laughs> a 
Is it a minute or for 10 minutes? I mean, I think it's a, I mean, a cameo is like a, a couple minute. minutes. Yeah. It's, okay. It's not he, okay. So, so Lex, all right, I'll put it in perspective here. He gets $199 of cameo for a couple of minutes. I'm like, he is not going to deal with, you know, with me. So uh, Sandra calls me back, right back and says, he said to call him, and if he doesn't answer, just leave him a message. He'll call you right back. Well, I think you're sort of like going an underreported story. Are are Sandra and Boston Rob good now? Uh, I guess so, because she called him as soon as I asked her to, and she called me right back and said, mm-hmm. you know, he said he said call him if he doesn't answer. Because for us <laughs> Survivor fans, the last we saw that they were like not on good terms, really, because of everything that happened between season thirty nine and season forty when she was mad that he didn't say that he was going to go play in season forty. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'll tell you this: what most people about that I've talked to have said, Lex, maybe that you voted out or you know, had a hand in vote. Now, all these people that I mentioned earlier, they all said it's a game. It's yeah. just a game. So I'm going to say they've made amends and it's just a game. So I actually, so I called Boston Rob and he answered immediately. And now that I know that his cameo was just for a couple of minutes, I think, uh, I think he may have spent a thousand dollars talking to me because Lex, <laughs> he talked to me for 20, for but why is he spending minutes. the money that he, that he, he lost a thousand dollars maybe. No, he, no, well, Rob, Ashley, I was going to approach you about a business expense with RHAP. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> But anyway, hey, anything for the story, Rob. Right, you put this cameo on my credit card, right. (laughs) Yeah, all right. No, it's, uh, yeah, R-H-A-P. So, Lex, anyway, so, Lex, anyway, I got him on the phone. We were on the phone for over 25 mines. Yes, And, yes, I am a talker, but I did not talk. I listened. Wow. And I I wrote really fast, and I did not take shorthand. You're like a stenographer. Which I should have done. Wow, this is going to be the scoop. This is the scoop. This, this is, is really, this is the this is going to be the highlight of this this episode of your but, podcast cuz I'm I'm on I'm on the edge of my seat. But Lex, it's really really cool. I mean, it's just really cool. I got off the phone and, and my heart was was 10 sizes bigger as the Grinch would say. All right, so just that he would take my call and and, and talk well actually I called him. He said he said, "Can I call you back in 3 minutes?" I'm like, "Sure." I'm thinking, "Mhm, you're right." Well, within 3 minutes, he called me right back. Okay. That's yeah. all very big of them. I, I'm, I'm really, oh I'm yeah, really so, happy. To, I'm really happy to hear that. I think like, that's super cool of them. And this 25 minute conversation, everything was positive. Nothing negative. Nothing negative about you at all. So I just want to mention a few things that that maybe you could clarify because you told me nothing was there was nothing nothing was off limits. No, right? no, nope. Okay. Nope. Open so, book. After everything happened in All Stars, right after it ended, he said that he flew to Santa Cruz before it aired and he apologized. He met you at a diner and he apologized to you. Is this true? Yes. I, yeah. Okay. So he was, I mean, and I think that's, I mean, it's technically, a, yeah, it's true. I think he had other business here. I don't think he mm-hmm. flew out here just to, just to apologize. He had other friends that he was visiting as well. Mm-hmm. But he did fly out to the Bay Area and asked if we could, you know, get together and have a meal. And I said, absolutely. So we got together and had a meal. And he, and I knew that, you know, it, it was in his best interest for sure. Um, he wanted, he wanted to try to clear as much of the air as possible before we'd find ourselves, you know, 
at a, uh, you know, at the live finale and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I appreciated the fact that he had, that he'd reached out and, and, and we were able to kind of talk about it and just, you know, face to face. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, it's true. Okay. Yeah. And he, he, he said that you, you said you, you wouldn't forgive him. And it was hard at that, at that point, it was still so fresh and we hadn't even, we were still watching the show. It wasn't mm-hmm. over. Um, and, and again, you know, I, I, this, this, you know, things might've gone differently if I was the, you know, the older version of me than I am today compared to the younger, the younger buck I was then. Um, it was, yeah. And, and you, I mean, you, you, you remember Rob, there was the, the feeling of the, the pressure cooker feeling of that all-star season. And, and the, you know, being in the thick of it when we were in the thick of it, mm-hmm. right. Um, it was kind of brutal. It was, it was not, I don't, I don't remember that. I don't remember a lot of that time period. Cause I think I just kind of just buried it, but it was not a pl- It was not a time that I remember, you know, being very pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, they were not really happy times. And so it, do I remember saying that exactly? I don't, but it, am I saying I didn't say that? No, I'm sure I said that. I'm sure at the time I did not, I didn't have forgiveness in my heart. And, and you have to bear in mind also, we were watching the show as it played out. And, and I remember the, the thing that bothered me probably most profoundly that hurt me was to hear how Rob was talking about Tom and Bo on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remembered, you know, and I think that when, when we got, together it was probably about that time as well and and so you know i i would i would never and and i want to hear more about how your conversation went t-bird but i you know i do want to say that um you know i would never i don't i don't feel that there was any any fault in in the fact that rob you know kind of leveraged or exploited a friendship to help his own game that's just to me that makes him a better survivor player um, he's willing to use tools and weapons that I'm not in terms of like saying, okay, I've got this friendship. Um, yeah, I can get him to keep my girl. And, um, and, and I'll, that means that we'll, we'll last longer. And then if I have to get rid of him, I got to get rid of him because yeah, I was a threat in all stars as well. And if, and it's, if you let me stay in the game too long, then shame on you. So I don't fault him for any of that. What I faulted him for was, and what, what was hard to watch and it was especially evident in his um his confessionals um relating to Tom and Bo was that you can take people out and you can you know you can play ruthlessly but you don't have to you don't have to talk trash about them and be mean and you know publicly declare that you think that they're stupid mm-hmm. when you know that their families are going to be watching and you don't, you know, you, you can be ruthless, but you don't, he seemed to take a certain amount of like pleasure in kind of hurting people. And I, that I had an issue with that, that, it, that it, there seemed to be almost kind of this, um, this sadistic sort of kind of perversely sadistic. He, he enjoyed, he really enjoyed it. Right. And then he enjoyed kind of belittling people. Um, maybe it was a control. It was a, a method of, that he controls people. You know, I don't know. But- so Lex, he he did tell me that, and basically our whole conversation—that's twenty-five minutes—were all about you. 
Although with that being said, he did mention that he regretted what he had said about Big Tom and Bo. And, and I just, I just want to, I want to say this because what he said when, when you wouldn't, when you said you wouldn't forgive him, mm-hmm. he said he, he didn't know as a kid. Remember, this is what he told me. And it's, it's, it's really true. He said, remember, T-Bird, I was 25 years old, mm-hmm. 25 years old. He said, and as a kid, he said, I didn't know how to process that he wouldn't forgive me, forgive me because it's a game. It's just mm-hmm. a game. He said, the 45-year-old now, which is what you're saying, you mm-hmm. get older, you have children, and you had children at the time. This is a 25-year-old kid out there. And, and even even Rob has told me that was one of his things about confessionals. He loved to be colorful in his confessionals. He was, you know, he knew you had no plan on taking him to the end. The, the whole time it would, you know, and you didn't. So he right. just, he he knew. Of course, I know about trying to get you out when I can get you out, or or then you can't. But the main thing, I guess, was important. Um, he said he just played the game to give himself the best opportunity. And would he have done things differently as a forty-five-year-old that he did at twenty-five? Yes. Um, so he said that he's he's tried to apologize to you quite a few times, you know, through the years that that he has nothing but love for you and that you know, that he has no animosity or hard feelings to you at all. And and again, then I started seeing and reading how, and this made sense to me, um, that you had a lot to do, of course you did, with him and Amber getting together because you didn't, you kept Amber. And I thought, oh my gosh, that you're part of their story, Lex. You're a huge part of their story, with with her not with her not making the um you know sh- you were the first one on the jury so if y'all had voted her out she would have been I think like you mentioned part of the trip going all around wherever they did and quite possibly her and Boston Rob would have never developed that relationship that caused them to get married have four beautiful girls mm-hmm. you're part of that story that is a beautiful beautiful story and you need to. Okay, this is just me saying this right now. Ha- have you met his four girls, his little girls? I haven't. And you, and, and, and I don't know if he wants you to meet his four little girls or not, but you're part of that story. And, and everybody loves you. Everybody I've talked to, I just think you need to be part part of that. Are you trying to make me cry on this podcast, Hubert? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I My just. My Lord. Because well, Lex. I, th- okay. I think you know, and I'll and I'll tell you right now. I I have been genuinely happy to see how his life, how wonderful his life has has progressed. And there is nothing I can I can see in him because we've seen each other a couple of times since, just a couple times maybe. But and we always, you know, we're we're cordial and we catch up and ask how each of our families are doing and whatnot. But there is nothing better than seeing somebody, and and I see this. For, you know, with you, with you as well, Rob, is to see somebody experience just the pure joy of having a family mm-hmm. and the joy that you get from your kids and having, you know, having a happy marriage. There is, to me, there's nothing better in life. I've, I've always felt so, so lucky that I've been able to somehow miraculously pull that off myself. And, and it's been, it's been a long, it's been a long trip and it's, and it just gets better every day. And I've, I'm genuinely happy that he's found that as well. 
Um, and I, and again, you know, T-Bird, you're teaching me things here in terms of like, you know, I'm, I still have more to learn in terms of perspective, but um, hearing how he put it, I feel like I've learned something about, um, you know, he was just a kid and I was not when we played. And of course, you know, being 25, naturally it might be easier if you don't have kids and a wife and whatnot. And you're just, you, you know, you're a young, you're a young kid yourself. It'd be easier for Survivor just to be a game and to kind of suspend all that. And, and I can also see that it might be really hard to have somebody that you were really close to that. And I imagine, you know, me being quite a bit older than he was, despite the fact that we were really tight friends before all stars, mm-hmm. he might've had some respect for the, the older dude. And it might've been really hard for him to have me basically slam the door in his face when he apologized. And I feel bad about that. I, I mean, I, ge- I genuinely do. It's, but I, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate T-Bird, you actually going that hard extra mile to get that information that I, no one's ever really shared that with me. Well, and Lex, he did say exactly what you said that, you know, y'all had seen each other. I think it was Give Kids the World. And, yep. and he said that he could tell, and I know you, Lex, I know you so well. He could tell that it was still really, like Kathy said, still raw emotion, mm-hmm. I think. And I think that's probably accurate, probably because I know you, only because I know you. And he could tell that that was something that was still there between y'all. And, you know, like he said, it's been 17 years now. And mm-hmm. anyway, long story get longer. He said, if you want to talk about it, he would love to talk to you. Well, that I, I don't think that that's that that's an impossibility by a stretch. I, I'm sure it's the kind of thing that I would I would love to be able to to actually sit down and talk to him, you know, face to face. It'll happen again one day. We'll have a mm-hmm. charity event, I'm sure. The thing that was so strange about that give kids the world scenario, it had been a long time since we'd seen each other, and everyone knew that. And when we first saw each other, he had he had arrived at the charity event late fairly i think it maybe end of day one or maybe it was in it, it wasn't all of us most all of us had arrived there like early and so we could all kind of hang out just us but he, when he showed up it was during one of the events where all mm-hmm. the fans were and so that was the first time that we'd seen each other in years and you could tell when he walked in the room everybody looked at the two of us there was like this, antis- this really awkward anticipation. You could see people had their phones out. Mm-hmm. They wanted to take a picture of what they thought was going to happen. They thought there was going to be some kind of a blow up or a fight or a fist fight or who knows what. And it was, it was nothing like that at all. We were just, you know, we got together yeah. and we just, um, you know, kind of caught up a little bit, but was it awkward? Yeah, it was terribly awkward. And it was, it would have been impossible to have that kind of heart to heart talk at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it, unfortunately, for the next couple, three days of that event, um, it made everything feel awkward afterwards, mm-hmm. you know? But, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love one day to talk to him and really just kind of be able to just hash things out. Because life is way too short to hold on to anything that makes you feel negative or sad. I mean, you know, life is over literally in a sneeze. And at this point in my in, in my life, 
the years feel like they're flying by like they didn't when I was in my thirties or forties, life is flying by. So I'd hate, I'd hate for there to be any residual negativity or unfinished business. I mean, you know, who knows, you know, I could get hit by a car or die from cancer next week um, or something could happen to Rob. And then I'd feel bad about it. And Lex, I feel like, I I don't know. I just feel like there is unfinished business because I know your heart and I know, even, even I think what Boston Rob told me, he said, I, I was hoping, you know, it was a game that I was hoping after the 17 years, but he said, I've, I've heard some interviews he's done. And he, so obviously he's still listening to you. You know, I've heard some interviews and I could tell it's still, you know, very real to him. And I thought, you know, it doesn't, that's not who you are, Lex, like you said. I mean, and, and I can tell from Boston Rob, it's important to him too. It, at some point, you try as hard as you can, and then you just kind of have to, to kind of step away from it. But mm-hmm. you guys, you guys are both alpha males. You both are. <laughs> I mean, you are, but you're both alpha males. And what about both, me, T-Bird? But Rob, Rob, you're an alpha male, too. <laughs> yes, you are. So, so let's, I, I know it's, you know, and at any time you can say, you know, T-Bird, it's really none of your business, but. I know how your heart is. And then I'm thinking about all these people I've talked to and how about every single person I've talked to that played Survivor or people that even didn't play Survivor that I talked to about you. Every one of them says you are family. And I know that they mean it because I feel that way. You are family. And that that Rob, that Boston Rob and Amber have these four precious little girls that you had a hand in. Bringing them together, it's Uncle a beautiful, Lex. it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story, Lex. So that's all I'm going to say about it. I think no, I think it's, that's no, all. it is. It is a beautiful story, and um, you know, we are, and it's. I don't want to take any kind of credit for hooking them up or making all that happen. Mm-hmm. We are all. I mean, yeah, you know, I've, I've in the past, I've, I've made, you know, maybe I was just trying to be funny. I've made jokes about the fact that, you know that I was kind of the, the Cupid to their, mm-hmm. you know, to their love connection. But, um, but the truth of the matter is we are all, all of us, the three of us here, we're all part of each other's stories. We are all threads that run, you know, that run in this woven tapestry that is our lives. We, you know, we, we're all connected. Um, and that's probably also, you know, we, it's what makes our you know relationships sometimes really, really tight and close and family. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all experienced something that, Nobody, only a few hundred other people could possibly even comprehend. Um, you know, we've had the ultimate icebreaker in terms of all having had that same kind of experience together. And that's what makes all of us people that ordinarily in real life would never meet or even become friends because we all come from so many different walks of life. But it's also what makes us, we get really tight. We get tight yeah. fast. Mm-hmm. And that's probably, you know, why it was so difficult. You know, the pressure cooker that we live in, we, we have these friendships and sometimes it feels like, you know, you've, you've had a 20 year friendship over the course of a year, you know, it's just like everything is extra magnified. And that's probably why it was just so difficult to deal with that whole experience with, with Rob and all stars. And it was also under that, you know, that magnifying glass of like the TV show, entertainment weekly all, you know, the fans, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. It makes it, you know, in an ordinary situation, if it was real life, I would have, I would have managed it, um, and taken care of it and made sure it was, I don't like leaving stuff 
un, unfinished that way. But damn, if, if, if the whole, like the, the pressure cooker of TV and media and fans and stuff, it just makes it so hard. You know, it's one of the reasons that I'm, I now look fondly at the fact that my last, you know, survivor was 17 years ago. You know, it's mm-hmm. like part of me, you know, all of us think, eh, maybe I'll do it again one day, but part of me is really happy that I haven't. Because mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've, my life is back to like a really pleasant normal again. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and, it, and it felt like so much of my life was kind of out of my own control. I mean, again, it's, I have an issue with anything I can't control, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it is truly being, being on that ride is truly like being in some insano clown car that, you know, you're in the driver's seat and all of a sudden you, you pull on the, the wheel and the wheel is, has <laughs> come off, you know, the, uh, it's come right. off the steering, the, the steering column. And you're like, fuck, I'm, I'm in it now. And I, there's nothing I can do. And it's, it's a crazy ride. You know, I don't, I don't miss that aspect of it at all. Well, Lex, I want to put the final touches on the Boston Rob thing. So after we finish with the podcast, I'll send you his phone number, his cell number. I'll, okay? I'll bet you. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet you I still have it in my phone. If it's the sweet, same one. Sweet, <laughs> sweet, sweet. Okay. Yes, and so and T-Bird, did, did Boston what? Rob have any, any remorse about voting me out also? Did he express <laughs> that? <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay, so. I'll tell you the answer to that as soon as you pay the invoice to oh, his cameo call. No, no, no. That's going to be a and also I that I, just in terms of the Robin Amber story, I think I also played a very important part that I was the first person that said uh, Boston Robin Amber are going to do it. I, I called that. <laughs> <laughs> it's on tape. You can go yes, back and see. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. I knew it. All right. So and and also then Lex, I want to make sure that all of our RHP listeners know. Because about you saying, you know, about not playing again. But you would 100% play again if you get that call, right? Lex? Oh, I, Lex? Lex? I don't, it's, you know, it, it, it all depends on, I guess, when I get the call. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's happening in my life at the time? Do and, they still yeah. call you? Well, I've, yeah, I, yeah, I mean... Is it safe to talk about it on here? Well, I've, I've gotten called, I've gotten called back three times. Mm-hmm. I said no the first two times. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very um, interesting. And, and the third and time, and the third time, I said yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Okay, but um, but the the, the the season theme just it changed, um, mm-hmm. and I was no longer a fit. So after kind of pre- starting to prepare myself and train for a couple months, um, then I got I got the call that I was no longer in the running. So. I don't know. Either I dodged a bullet, or I don't know. So mm-hmm. I, you know, would I say yes? I, I, I have to. I have to make that call when I if I get the call. All right, all right, Rob C. <laughs> Rob C. Would yeah. you go back if you got the yeah, call? Yeah, Rob. Um. Yeah, I feel like I have a similar story to Lex. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, you guys. Yes, it makes it interesting. Yes, though. I mean, listeners, they would go back. They would go back. Yes, they would. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just it's interesting when you don't know because it's like that's usually that's such an easy binary question. It's right, yes or right. no. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It's just not that simple. It's it's complicated for me. Um, but and I actually when they called me that third the, the first two times they called me I I said mm-hmm. I said no without 
there was no hesitation. I mean, I knew exactly what I, mm-hmm. that I didn't want to do it. Um, but I actually really surprised myself. I was shocked mm-hmm. when, when I actually got that call the third time and, and that I actually found myself wanting to do it. I was like, yeah. wow, that's, that's weird. Well, I'm not shocked at all that they called you, not even a little bit. All right. So, okay. This is a good segue, um, Rob, to ask Lex this. So, you know, you had something to do with Rob, Boston Rob and Amber and their four children, 100%. And also, you had, you have been in the lives of others. You, we know you married, we've married a few of the, a, a few of the survivors. You have performed the ceremonies. Yes, yeah. Be careful phrasing, T. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I'm, I'm not. I'm not a bigamist, <laughs> but I, I have. I have been the officiant. I've been the the minister, the man of the cloth, the uh, the reverend mm-hmm. at um at some survivor weddings. Yeah, isn't that Which so is cool? So much fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. so much, so much fun. All right, so really? one of this is well. I have to mention. This is a great time to mention this. So, of course, the one seat that he has has officiated their weddings, right? Um, was be Lindsay Richter from Africa mm-hmm. um, that he actually had a hand in voting out, right? Yeah. And, and as Lindsay said, it's just a game. Also, Jerry Manthe from his season in All-Stars, who are, oh my gosh, so Lex, you know how Jerry feels about you. Um, I what, adore what, Jerry. Okay. I just adore. I just talked to her. I talked to her day before yesterday, I actually. Know. I know you did. Listen to this, Rob. Yeah. Jerry, I talk, I, I talked to Jerry and Jerry's like, oh my gosh. She said, I just talked to Lex. She said, I called him <laughs> about relationship advice. This, this is what she said. Yeah. You guys, I'm supposed Jerry, to talk to her uh, later today. She wants to start a podcast. Oh, wow. Wow. Very, well, nice. What she said, she said, um, I called Lex to ask him about relationship advice since he's got a, such a beautiful, healthy relationship with Kelly, the most beautiful relationship that she's mm-hmm. ever seen. But, I mean, I'm telling you, everybody, everybody, love, everybody loves Lex. That's 100%. But anyway, uh, but well, listen to Johnny. Not, not, not necessarily. But. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And then the third person is Johnny Fairplay, that crazy Johnny Fairplay. And I have to read what he said about you. This is so cute. And it's short. It's only a couple mm-hmm. lines. He followed the instructions after I was getting pages and pages and actually sent me a paragraph. All right. <laughs> so Fairplay says, Lex was the minister at my wedding. He asked me in my vows to my soon-to-be wife at the time if I agreed to be her bedroom stallion. I agreed. Not sure if that's where things went south, but I don't blame Lex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lex, what's the success ratio, though, on these uh, marriages that you're before, uh, officiating? Are you asking about all the ones I've done or just the survivors? Just the ones? survivors. Oh, I, Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Um, well, I guess that would be uh, 0 for 4. <laughs> Rob, Rob, Rob looks like he's going to fall out of his chair. You're going to get one of these right, though, Lex. Oh, but no, non-survivors, I, I, you're doing good, right? I'm doing great. Yeah. I, I think I've I've officiated probably about 150 weddings. Oh my god! And I'd say I'm, I'm probably at a good 75 or 80 percent, which I think puts me above yeah. the average, right? Like, would you ever average. do a fan wedding? Like, uh, if so, if Survivor fans I've, that I want, I've I've done fan weddings before. In fact, um, I'd say he's more than just a fan now. But um, I was extremely honored to um to officiate. Uh, Mike Albright's wedding. 
Oh, uh, yeah, big that, Mike. That was, a, yeah, that's right. that was a little over Not so big a year Mike ago. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I flew out to Cincinnati and married them, and wow. it was absolutely wow. lovely. Michael. I love them. I love them. They are yes. just the sweetest, sweetest people, and and that's one that I guarantee you that one's going to stick. Mm-hmm. That one, I I would I bet the I bet the house on that. One. All right. Hey, Rob, you and Nicole could he could do your um. You have a renewing renew of vows. vows, yeah, you yeah. Get, get Lex to do it, definitely. Mm-hmm. So Lex, Lex, uh, you're not on cameo, Lex. I noticed that. How come you're not? Oh, um, you know, it's a Fairplay wanted me to get on cameo. He almost had he almost had me on the on the cameo. He told me he told me all about it about a week before Christmas. He says, you know, um, I've got a contact. Like all I need to do is let them know that you're interested, and they'll send you an email. And I said, it's okay. Well. Psh- what okay fine let's do it and i'm i never feel like I, I feel like even back in the day we were really yeah. faux celebrities we weren't celebrities we we're full celebrities i feel kind of it's just strange yeah. for me to even think about taking well, what about you t-bird are you videos. on there i am not on there oh let I me really, let me uh, I'll, I'll get you are set you on up there, Rob? yeah i you know i resisted for a while i used to make fun of it but you know what the people do you if, like it? if they what like I, I i mean i don't do it as my like main occupation uh you know it's uh, like uh something that i do just like extra but the people that want them like are really excited to get them and so yeah. i sort of felt like do you a, get a cut of if, if so if you refer someone like t-bird do you get a cut oh of yeah that's her? why i want no i want to hook t-bird wanted me yeah. To do it. yeah <laughs> no wonder yeah well as it turns out i mean i was i was T-Bird actually be, gonna, like was, super popular yeah, I, I was going to pull the trigger on it, but then um, right after I got the email and they said, yeah, just, you know, contact me here and click on this. Um, my cat died. Oh, and, and I was just so, I was so heartbroken. I was like, the last thing in the world I want to do right now is I'm, vi- you know, do selfie videos where I have to be in a really good mood. And so I just, I just never got back to them. So I could, I could still get back to them, I suppose. Yeah. You enjoy doing that, Rob? Is it fun? Uh, you know what? I do a whole thing. I got puppets. Like it's it's. Uh, I what? I don't enjoy doing. It. It's like I pre- <laughs> I, I, I leave it to like the last second. It's like I have a minute left to do it. I'm like all right, fine. Uh, I'll do it. So it's wow. it's a chore, right? You know that because I put so much work into it. I've got like uh, like uh, you know. Like uh, I do like a whole puppet show. Oh, nice. uh, like normal people are just like, "Hey, happy birthday!" You know, uh, like. Do you get a lot of? Do you get a lot of requests? I, I don't like one or two a week. Uh, really, not that many. Well, that's still something. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I work like I work sixty hours a week. Yeah, on average. So yeah. I've been worried about. You know, not that not that I think there'd be a high demand for a total ancient. Survivor has been because um, it's been forever, mm-hmm. but um, but I do worry that it, if I got two or three a week and I couldn't handle them, then I, then then all of a sudden I'm disappointing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won't do that. Yeah, Lex, you're so cute, you're mm-hmm. so and I'm I'm still laughing right now thinking about Rob doing puppets. And Bob, Rob, when you first said that, I was thinking <laughs> you were doing hand puppets. No, like, I've got like all the Survivor puppets. Hey, Lex, it's great to see you. <laughs> see, I, I can yeah. see this, but you can't, yeah. y'all can't see I, this. I don't, have the, I don't have that, uh, like, I don't have the, the, uh, the Rob one nearby. Well, Rob <laughs> just pulled out the approached one, and for a second I had PTSD. I thought he was going to tell me the tribe had spoken again or something. Hey. 
Hey, Lex, why don't you give me a call? Oh, oh I got, and that's that's OG Boston yeah. Rob. No, this is no, this is the new uh, Boston Rob. This is like season forty. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, he's he's he's. He cuts a pretty good form there in that, that <laughs> pup, but he's looking pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you keep up with season 40, Lex? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've watched every episode. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy it? I did. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, I mean, I'd enjoy it more. The, the part of it that I wasn't, I felt that the um, that the island was, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a great excuse to... to the edge these, of extinction? The edge of extinction. It was, you know, it was clearly a great excuse to, to continue to give airtime to, you know, to mm-hmm. old favorites and winners that people that fans love. But I, you know, I prefer kind of the the purity of the game. I would have been probably even happier with it if it was if there was no edge of extinction, and they just stuck to the, uh, you know, kind of just just the people playing and in the game. But um, but I I, I found it really entertaining. Did you like it, Rob? Uh, yes. You know, there, there were certainly like, uh, like highs and lows. I think that's the fire tokens. Uh, I don't know if it played the way that they wanted it to. And we spent too much time on the edge, but ultimately at the end of the day, I mean, uh, Tony played like, uh, you know, I, you know, dynamo game and, you know, it was, uh, he played a brilliant game. Yeah. So, uh, you know, more good than bad. Did you like it? I liked it because, you know, yeah, you know, I liked it. I liked it because Ethan was out there and yeah. there was a couple of people I was shocked not to see. Of course, um, oh God, Mike Holloway. I, I don't know why I, I, I'm crazy about Mike Holloway. Oh, I, 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 I absolutely love Mike. Oh and God. I know that I know that that was really, really hard on. It was tough on him at first. Um, he and I talked about that quite a bit as as that was all kind of going down. It was hard. So I would, but yes, of course, you know, Ethan was out there and, and with his story and the, what he's gone through. So I was pulling for him. I was wondering though, I had read that your favorite winner, your best winner, which was, I, I would have probably not picked him in my top three for you, but that was, was Brian Heideck. Oh, was your favorite, was your favorite winner? And what do you think? Were you disappointed? Um, he wasn't in season 40. No. Well, so, so just, just to kind of clarify that wasn't my favorite winner. And I think this was an old interview I did a while ago, but um, I think I was probably asked something about the best uh, winner, the mm-hmm. best winner, winner the mm-hmm. winner, the most deserving winner. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, and I stand by the fact that um, Brian was uh, a winner that he was 100% in control of his game. And mm-hmm. he, he had some kind of strange, power of mind control over everyone that he was playing with. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was almost just surreal to watch because he was speaking of puppets. He had everybody like marionettes dancing on his strings, you know, and, um, and the, the amount of kind of control and power he had in that game. He was a guy that can, you can argue the only the only person responsible for his win he was one hundred percent the guy that won that game for mm-hmm. himself. It wasn't. It didn't feel like some winners. You know, there's a mix of like luck and you know, and relationship and skill. For him, he's like he orchestrated his win single handedly. I felt. How do you think he would have done in Winners at War? Being a oh, middle school player, I, I no, I, th- I think he would have probably done terrible. <laughs> I think so too. I think he would. I think it would. I don't think he would have held up. Yeah, it would have been terrible. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. 
T-Bird, what else do you have for Lex? Well, okay, so, all right. Well, you know, I could talk to Lex for all day. But yeah. Is anyone going to still be listening at this point now that it's been like two and a half hours? You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so Lex, Rob, get ready. Ready. So, 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 oh, wow, we didn't play. Well, anyway, that's okay. So, Lex, well, I mentioned about Jerry Manthe. And I know you guys are really, really, really good friends. And she, obviously, she's calling you for relationship advice. That tells you how close y'all are. Do you know that Jerry, before she was on Survivor, that she was in a Faith Hill video? I'm giving you a pretty good clue. Did you know this about her? I've, you know what? I think I learned that about her on your podcast when you interviewed her. Hit it, Rob! You guys, I still, this is Was that crazy. worth it or what? It was worth it. Well, I remember when, when you guys interviewed her, I actually Googled it and I watched it myself. Yeah. And it was great fun. Yeah. It's catchy. <laughs> it's, ca- it's, it's really, really catchy. Um, I don't know. I guess that's, I guess that's all I've got. Yeah. I mean, I, I could keep going. And Rob, I mean, Lex, I'm going to talk to you later with all these notes because I know some people are going to be disappointed. <laughs> I didn't mention all this stuff that they took pages and pages. Aww. I gotta say yeah. about the general. The general. The general said, um, "Tipper, did you walk away from the microphone?" Oh God, I was grabbing my notes. Okay. Here I am. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. I'm back. Okay. Um, the general. The general was even saying that even y'all's dogs are in sync when mm-hmm. y'all are at the same house. <laughs> your dogs hop in bed. You know, his dog hops in bed with you, and you're. You know. That you well, guys yeah. are just so close. Rob, so. the general, he's he is my he's my homie. That's that's mm-hmm. uh, he is my home slice. I just love him. We talk. Well, in fact, we'll probably talk today. We talk every Sunday as a rule. Okay. Well, Sunday, what are you cooking? Yeah. It's it's the cooking thing. I, I usually talk to him. I talk to Tom every Sunday as well. That's just like those those two wow. are part of my part of my Sunday my Sunday uh, regular Sunday stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I guess I guess this is how I, the last. The last thing I want to say, because I, I remember a lot of a lot of our podcasts, Rob, remember I reached out to a lot of people. And it seems like the common bond was Lex mm-hmm. to the people we had. And somebody had sent out a tweet that said something to the effect of how can he be part of so many people's lives? It was in a way that I, I don't remember exactly how it went. I didn't respond back because I thought there's no way to respond unless you actually know Lex. And he has touched so many people and he is so sincere and genuine. And, you know, he actually me blush, blush, and, and blush. Lex, and, and by the way, Lex actually reached out to my mom, my mom, for her birthday this in January, and my mom's like, Lex sent me a message. So, oh, but she's lovely. He she is, is you, the loveliest woman. Lex, you are lovely and no. beautiful and kind and everything, everything wonderful. I can't say enough about you. Thank you so much for coming on today and being well, with us. Thank, thank you, T Bird. I love you dearly, and thank you, Rob. I love you dearly too. Yes, uh, thank you so much. Thank you for spending so much time with us here. That uh, I know you probably got something good cooking for Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going to make a whole bunch of junky junk food. Mm-hmm. I'm super, super excited. And I have to say, um, I'm not, I'm not one that usually watches sports ball. It's just mm-hmm. not really my thing. Yeah. But, um, 
one of the most wonderful human beings in the world. He's a living saint. It's um, Josh. Well, you could say Tom Brady. I was like, oh, we're no, gonna hang up. No, yeah. my my good friend Josh, who saved my wife's life yes. by donating his kidney. Yes. Oh, he, Kansas City. He is a Kansas City Chiefs and Royals mega yes. super fan. Yes, I remember so, the pictures. Yeah. My wife's kidney has skin in this game, so we are going to be cheering <laughs> Kansas City on, and I really hope that they just slay Tampa Bay. It's mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, right? Yes, Tampa Bay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. <Just> sports ball. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Lex, thank you so much. Uh, that I know you're not a huge social media guy. Do you want people to follow you anywhere? Um, you know, you can you can find find yeah, follow me on uh, on the Instagram. Um, I think my handle is. Wait, waiting for zombies. Mm-hmm. I think, <laughs> yeah, is my handle. Yeah. Um, Getting closer but, uh, every yeah, day. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't have anything to sell. A yeah. Well, here. this Just, was incredible. Uh, this was a, a monumental <laughs> interview and uh, yeah. T bird. Uh, you're so good at this. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me and, um, and everyone out there listening. Thank you for listening to Robin T bird's podcast. Love you all. Yeah. Hey Lex, listen to this. You know what the sound of this is? Look at your phone. Is your phone right there? Yeah, I'm looking at my phone. Did you get a text from me? I didn't. I have a text from my wife. Mm-hmm. She wants me to take the dog on a walk with her. Yeah. Uh-huh. And look um, again. It takes a while to get from Georgia to California. Mm-hmm. Check, it, check it again. Yeah. Check it I'm again. Checking it. I'm checking it again. Uh, I still got nothing. Usually they just pop in. Yeah. You usually don't have to check for them. Do you, uh, you send that Pony Express? You should have it right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send it again. Wait, did you block T-Bird, Lex? <laughs> After this, no. like block no, T-Bird. No. Although I have to say, T-Bird, you were sending me those gifts. Yeah, they're funny. She's a big and, and giffer. One, at, yeah. at one point, your phone started just shooting the same gift to me over and over again. I got the same mm-hmm. one like nine or ten times yeah yeah all in I, a row. I, I, I did that because i thought well, that one was funny <laughs> yes <laughs> no not really so it not was really. on purpose it <laughs> no, was on purpose um but yeah, check it t-bird, i'm still not getting it okay what uh, why don't you end the suspense t-bird okay i just sent him boston rob's contact information oh, okay. in case it wasn't up to date okay oh okay well thank you right. you're welcome i appreciate you're welcome. that Yes. You, look at you trying to. You're matchmaking in your own way. You're yeah, just like you did with Robin Amber. Hey, I got an idea. <laughs> yes. Maybe things are going to go so well that you can officiate their renewing of their vows. Oh my God, how cool would that be? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Stranger things have happened. Oh, I love this. It's coming together. <laughs> as long as long as it can be on a really exotic island, like when they yeah didn't they get married on an island like yeah in the Caribbean or something on TV yeah destination on wedding TV. yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's uh, a story. That's a story. <laughs> the great Lex Vandenberg. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lexi. I love you, Lexi. Love you. All right, T Bird. Uh, wow. That was like, I think maybe the deepest dinner interview that we've had here on Talking with T Bird. Uh, you are such a, such a pro. Rob, I don't know about a pro, but, you know, even Glenn said, Glenn said, I think you're taking this, you know, I think you're, no, you're overthinking it. He said, you're overthinking it. You're, cause he saw, had notes everywhere. No overthinking. You were great. And, and I thought, I said, baby, you don't realize this is Lex. And I know him as a certain way. 
I need to learn other things that I don't know so we can cover as much as we can. And then, of course, the the Boston Robin Amber thing is what kept coming up in every interview he did and everything. I'm like, we got to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, you were great. I love Lex to pieces. I hope he was okay that we went in that direction. All right. Uh, This was a long one. So uh, let's uh, start to uh, wrap this one up. But T-Bird, great job. We'll be back with more talking with T-Bird very soon. We got so much going on uh, that we had such a great podcast with Gandhi last time. Hopefully, we'll keep uh, getting some interviews in conjunction with the all-time season countdown. Of course, uh, you can check out everything we have going on in our patron podcast feed at robhiswebsite.com slash patron. Follow the great T-Bird Cooper. She's on social media at T-Bird Cooper. T-Bird, anything else? No. No. This was fantastic. I'm curious to see how the listeners find Lex if they've changed his opinion one way or the other about him because you know of course everybody has an opinion so I think they're going to enjoy it okay thanks Seabird how do you want to end the show I know some people want to hear you sing some people want to hear the song from Murph what should we do oh gosh well I, what do you what do you say you're you're the okay. boss all right let's uh l- l- let's go ahead let's see if we can uh give everybody make everybody happy all right here's here's yeah! uh, T-Bird uh take it away that's not T-Bird. That's too good to be T-Bird. If you stay here and listen, your life won't ever be the same. Cause we're talking with T-Bird now. This T-Bird. today to talk to those who've played the game from Borneo to Kagiyan we'll find out what went right or wrong on Survivor talking with T-Bird support for this podcast comes from our friends over at Geico do you own or rent your home sure you do and it's hard work but you know what's easy bundling with geico geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance good thing too you're busy enough go to geico.com get a quote and see how much you could save it's geico easy visit geico.com today